So it's a pretty standard trope in D&D that players want to pimp their rides by adding armor, magical effects, and weapons to their vehicles. It's rarer to upgrade a mount, though, like beyond barding. So assuming that you've got a level 8 cavalier, so you're like mid-tier, tier 2, and uh, you're all about riding, what magic spell would you want to add to your mount? Uh, Phantasmal Killer or Weird. I want them to be messing with people's minds if we're adding a spell to a mount. I want people to look on them and just be have fear induced upon them. I find that my biggest threat when I'm on the mount is things attacking me from the side. So I'm thinking like some sort of area of effect burst mm. that centers on the mount. Some sort of fireball shatter. Something that's going to take care of those guys that are... Like the old South, uh, South African flamethrowers at the side to prevent carjackings? Exactly. Okay, I went very basic bitch on this then, because I was like, pass without trace. Press the digitation. I mean, yeah. yeah, right. Well, <laughs> who needs a goddamn I want to car wash? Be clean. I don't want to have to always be tending to my horse. <laughs> like create food and water so you never have to feed it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm thinking about animal stuff, and you guys are like, let's blow shit. I up. don't think you should be drinking the water that your horse is making. <laughs> Welcome to the It's a Mimic podcast, where you never know what you're going to get. Welcome to another It's a Mimic episode, where we continue our conversation on player options in Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. I'm Brad, and with me today are Adam and Dave, and this episode is called Vehicles and Mounts Riding into the Fun Set. That might be the worst title we've had in a while. You know what? It's pretty, it's still good. (laughs) I enjoyed it. Uh, in this episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, this panel of Dungeon Masters is going to hitch up our wagons, climb up into our saddles, and stomp on the clutch as we talk all about mounts and vehicles that you can ride or drive across the land in 5th edition. You'll have to wait for future episodes about aircraft, spacecraft, and watercraft, though, because there's more than enough to go around with these terrestrial, earthbound modes of transportation. Before we jump into this, I want to ask you guys, though, how often do you feature alternative forms of travel in your games? Let's roll some dice. Roll some dice. Jesus. I critically failed. I got a nine. I'm going How? second with a four. I'm going first with a nine. Wow. All right. Oh, I critically failed. Does that mean I don't have to go? Yeah, I think you just get to sit this one out. You yes. wish. The rest of the episode, you can just kind of relax. Okay, bye. <laughs> um, sadly, I do not feature alternative forms of travel nearly enough. Um, especially with my players. I mean, I am running a pirate campaign with Dan, or playing in a pirate campaign with Dan, so I get enough of it there that when I'm running my campaign, the one thing I don't need to add complexity to, I feel like, is travel. The moment I hit the about the 20%, 40%, somewhere around there, through Tier 2, I give them a way to get around the map. Like, I want you to feel the pain of walking for Tier 1. You need to be a low-level schlub. Yeah. Right? Getting your fucking saddle sores and, and, you know, blisters in your boots. But, like, it was pirate ship's last campaign. It was an airship this game. I just gave them an airship. Nice. I got the mini for the swamp gas balloon. From, oh, that's a cool one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From Wild or, uh, Witchlight. And so um, I just dropped that on the table, like, two sessions ago. Fantastic. So they have and now, then I flew up there and dropped the captain out of it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so, yeah, we've. Uh, I, I always rely on this kind of thing. Although I'm starting to run out of options. Like, I, I guess it'll be... Sports cars next time, and then flying fortresses. Like it's it's got to keep going up and up and up. I've you got the power creep issue. You can go Final Fantasy fifteen with the sports car. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought of that, but but no, I won't. Oh. No, 
Uh, I don't usually do too much other than you guys get some horses to go to the next place or a cart to travel here. That is a goddamn lie because I know all about your... <laughs> but there was one campaign that we did in Eberron. Oh, that's not even what I was going to talk oh, about. Oh, no, okay. Where it was, uh, it was a 3.5... It was a, a multi-series, like a multi-episodic campaign where there was like this one little module does the first three levels and then another three. We did like four in a row, but it's all one giant story arc. And you go from fighting on a lightning rail to being in a submarine to having a cart that's got an earth elemental that let, lets you travel over land quicker and all sorts of stuff. Typical Eberron bullshit. Yeah. I was going to say, you gave them wooden donkeys in this last Oh, session. yeah, that was that's actually straight out of the um, uh, Guns of the Mad Mage. Yeah. Yeah. There was wooden donkeys. They didn't know what to do with them. Also, but, I have dropped the uh, apparatus of Qualish yeah. on people as well, nice. which is fucking that's, hilarious. Yeah, we that. used one of those no one will ever 20 expect years that one. ago. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, What's the difference between a wooden donkey punch and a regular one? Jeez, what, Brad? I, 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 that was just a question. <laughs> there was no punchline. I'll show you later. All right. Yeah. Well, before we get deeper into this, uh, let's cut to an ad break. <laughs> we previously covered quite a bit in our discussion on Dungeon Master Tips in 5th Edition. For all of those episodes and more, you can follow or subscribe at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and dozens of other podcast apps. And if you'd like to support us, you can donate through the website, check out our store, or join our Patreon and get access to other episodes and series. If you'd like to pay for some ad space on It's Mimic, or just send a shout out to a friend, please reach out to us through our email and website that are listed in the show notes below. Before we go any further, I just want to say thank you to Greg for being our latest Patreon subscriber. I look forward to getting into all sorts of bullshit with you and the rest of the clowns in our Patreon Discord. Later this week on the It's a Mimic podcast, we are going to be diving into horror again because it's October and we're all about the undead. There will be an undead episode every single week, right up until Halloween, and so we're going to be jumping into that. We also have the campaign builder on the Patreon tackling body horror and cosmic horror as we get into aberrations. And then we've got, as well, a breakdown for legend lore, this time on the public channel, covering the latest book, Fandelver, and below, The Shattered Obelisk. But for now, let's get back to the episode. Alright, so before we get too deep into the world of mounts, let's cover the basics. Um, the Player's Handbook has a lot of basic rules for mounts and vehicles. We're going to cover those quickly here, and then we'll get into a bit more of a deep dive. So, rules for mounts. First of all, your mount needs to be at least one size larger than the player character, and of course must be willing. Consent is important. It's, it's 2023. Yeah, that's we, right. We don't break our horses anymore. No, even, have, even the mounts nicely. require. Yeah. Uh, similar to standing up from prone... I'm just picturing Brad now whining and dining a giant badger. Damn straight. <laughs> I have to wait for it to give me permission. Uh, badger, badger. Badger, badger, badger. Mushroom. It's a snake! <laughs> All right. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, similar rules to standing up from prone. Uh, mounting or dismounting uses half of your movement, and you must be within five feet to mount your mount. We're going to say the word mount a lot. I here. need to be a lot closer it, than that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Not me. <laughs> um, after mounting, here's the most interesting thing, and I think people will miss this, overlook it, or misuse it. After mounting, your mount immediately moves to match your position in the initiative order and gets a full round. So after mounting, you're, you can still use the mount's full movement. So you can move half your movement move, speed, move half your movement. use your attack, your bonus action, and Correct. all those shit, and then mount the mount, and then Correct. it gets to go. And then it gets to go. Alright, that's fun. And it, that means it gets its movement and its action. 
And it always goes after you in initiative. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, it moves to your turn in initiative, so... Sure, you can kind of mix, mix and, and match, match it the way absolutely. you want. Absolutely. The sense. same way you would with a pet, right? As a, If you Perfect. have a pet that you're controlling. Okay. Um, the actions that the mount can take are dash, disengage, or dodge. Yep. So, again, dodge will only apply to the mount itself, not you sitting on the back of the mount. Mm-hmm. So, unless the mount, if you are targeted and not the mount, dodge won't apply. But if the mount is targeted, it will have the advantage of taking sure. the dodge action. Um, you can, Should you be willingly or unwillingly dismounted, the mount will keep its space in the initiative order, but it operates independently. So, you cannot give it orders, you cannot command it, it will okay, basically you- operate at the DM's discretion when you are no longer mounted. So once you're not on it anymore, you don't get to do the mix and match. Correct. Yeah. yeah. All right. If a spell or an action forces the mount to move while you're on top of it, you must make a DC 10 dexterity saving throw or you'll be knocked prone. If you're knocked prone while mounted, so someone can just make an attack or a spell that will knock you prone, you make that same dexterity saving throw, which is interesting. It feels like DC 10 is like a 50-50. Yeah. But it isn't actually because, first of all, nobody tanks their decks. I've seen yes. one character Absolutely. tank their decks on purpose. And then on top of that, you're going to have... Uh, Probably the, some sort of animal, like proficiency with animals or animal handling if you're planning on riding a mount intentionally. Yeah. Into combat. But like, as you go up levels and stuff as well, it's going to... Yeah, it'll go yeah, up. Yeah, it's going to go up and up and up. You, Absolutely. You should almost always have a better than 50% chance of staying mounted. Yeah, there's a very good chance of it. Um, that said, if there's an attack that will knock you prone specifically, then that DC no longer applies. It's the DC of the spell or the ability. What if you buckle up because it's the law? Not an option within D&D rules. All right. Um, now, if the mount... Is, we, don't, we don't strap up before we mount. No, we just go straight in. Yeah. Um, if the mount is knocked prone... Only a reaction is needed to stay, to basically make a landing on your feet and to not go prone yourself. Sure. So that's actually kind of interesting. You imagine you're riding horseback, your mount is not prone. There's no check for it. You just use your reaction. Yeah. That said, uh, you better make sure you have a reaction because if you've already say. used it, yeah, you're prone. There's, there's no save at that point. Yeah. Fair enough. Interestingly, now here's the point that I want to touch on on this. There's no damage taken for being dismounted unwillingly, right? If something forces you, like you got to imagine with the dexterity saving throw, there's a chance of this thing landing on you. Like, if you fail that throw... Uh, no, uh, the damage you're going to take is based on how far you fall. Sure. It, that's how I would rule it. Yeah. Because if you fall off a dragon, yeah. or you fall off an elephant, that's a whole lot different than falling off a mastiff. Sure. Right, so... I mean, the Pearson riding a mastiff, it's actually like falling off a horse. Yeah, but, but the, the same idea, yeah. yeah. You're not going to hit... You know, but there's also the chance velocity. of being squ- squished or rolled on, right? If you've ever seen somebody go down well on the back of a horse... I didn't touch on that one. Yeah. <laughs> But there's a really good chance of you getting rolled on or squished. So, I mean, the fact that that doesn't come into play... Some people are into that, yeah. All right. Uh, (laughs) No one can see Dave just, like, backing away slowly. You you notice how quiet he got. (laughs) I'm stuck in the corner. I can't make a clean break. We're both between you and the door. It was intentional. All right, that's the basic rules for mounted combat and getting on and off your mount. Sure. Uh, Let's go a little bit further as far as combat while mounted. So, um, in order to improve your combat capabilities while mounted, you can take the Mounted Combatant feat. Alright, this feat provides you with three benefits. Firstly, you gain advantage on any attack against non-mounted opponents that are a size category smaller than your mount. So, this, your size are smaller sure, okay. and not mounted. You'll gain advantage on all, all attacks. Second, you can redirect attacks that are targeted at your mount and have them target you instead. 
So that's before the attack roll is made, right? You can just redirect the attack. So it's against your AC. So you're not redirecting damage, you're redirecting the attack. I think that's an important distinction to make. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. So before the attack is made, you're basically getting in the way, right? So now you're counting your AC rather than your mount's AC. So what's interesting here is that all of this still applies if you were... We're not talking about flying or or water. Sure, right? no, but, we're just talking about... But assuming that you're on like a hippogriff yep. and you're trying to, f to hit a pixie... Sure. You still have advantage against it, even though it, you're technically 3D space and it's very maneuverable. And yeah, yeah, that's just an odd. You're, like I get it when you're you're over top of someone sure. for mounted combat, but it just seems odd for um, for this this feat. I just see it as you're very proficient in the saddle, right? Yeah, this yeah. is your. It doesn't really matter what you're attacking. You are. Yeah, this is a feat skillful. you have trained to yes, do this yeah. exactly. Um, the last ability that you get here is your mount effectively gets evasion. So, okay. right, uh, if you have to make a dex save to avoid take half damage, then you take no damage. And if you fail, you only take half damage. So exactly the same rules as evasion apply. Yeah, I'm glad that's good. There's not enough evasion of 5th edition already. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> right? Let's just give it to the animals, too. That's, that's... Okay. That's it. I mean, right, look, it is a feat to get. We gotta keep mounts as alive as possible, right? It's and true. if you're getting into mounted combatant and you're a cavalier and shit, that means you're all about the mount. Exactly. Right? So And you're gonna be in positions where you're probably taking AoE attacks, so you wanna be able to preserve it. Yeah, so I don't actually hate this too much. No, I, I actually like it, but for, for the mount, there, yeah. there is a lot of evasion in the game for sure. Yeah. Um so that covers combat. Now we're gonna talk about overland travel, specifically for mounts and vehicles. So the rules for overland travel here are not that different um, than the rules for regular overland travel. Uh, there's only a few minor tweaks. Firstly, while mounted, you can ride at double the mount speed for an hour before it wears out. Okay. Um, in fact, the rulebook has a in really interesting little sidebar about if you are able to prepare basically a chain of mounts, right? You're riding town to town where there's a fresh mount mm -hmm. ready for you, you can mount it. You could technically chain this over and over and get somewhere real fast. Like when the redcoats are coming. You exactly. can swap horses. Yeah. yeah. All right. So it actually points that out in the book. That's probably based on the Pony Express now. Oh, about yeah, very much right? so. Something yeah. along those lines, for sure. Um, that said, uh, the chances of that being prepared are low. No one's just going to give you a horse, right? You would have to have some sort of connection in order to make that happen. So. You would need, what is it, sending? Yeah. To let that shit exactly. line up, right? So. Yeah. Um, or just, you know, a horse ready in every town kind of thing. <laughs> Which, what are the odds? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what the, I think it was the the Huns did, yeah. right? They just had horses. You like you didn't yeah. have your horse. No. You had a horse. They were, yeah, just yeah. stabled at every every town, and you just kind of grabbed one and went. Yeah. Um, now, the rules for vehicles, like wagons, things like that, it's the same as traveling by foot, right? You pick your speed, slow, medium, or fast, and you get the advantage or disadvantage based on that, right? Slow, this is the interesting one. When you're moving slow, you get advantage, or advantage on stealth checks, or the capability to make stealth checks, rather. So, interesting. How are you making that with a wagon? You're going to have to really justify that to You're me. going slowly because so you're, you're, slow. you're yeah. leaning over, you're, you're putting oil on Right, the exactly. Over yeah, over. ridiculous. You're, you're not going to use that. Well, no. no, no, I think you can because you're you're going to either run it into the ruts yeah. or you're going to get off of the, the mushy stuff and get onto the hard pack, right? Right. Like, you, you could. You could. And you wouldn't be doing it for long periods of travel, right? Oh. It's just, oh, we're, no, we're going through bandit country. Let's try and oh, oh, Also, you have to keep in mind, it's not the wagon that's stealthy. It's the horses or whatever. Yeah, and it, the party. Right. So they're not at a full gallop. Yes. They're walking oh, they're walking slowly. quite slowly. Yeah, so I mean your cart's still gonna be making noise, but but it's not gonna be a rumble down the cobblestone. Yeah, it will absolutely. be more silent. Yeah. All right, I, yeah. I get that. Sure. And normal, no balloons or disadvantages. And then if you choose fast travel, uh, the pace is actually the same as moving on foot, uh, which is okay. really interesting. Um, but uh, if you're moving fast, you have disadvantage on perception checks. 
Yeah, because you're speeding by. You're speeding by. Yeah, so same rules traveling on foot. Is that just all perception checks? It wasn't like sight or sound or no, all per- just all general. Right. Yep, yeah, fair perception. enough. Perception. I can't smell when I'm on my wagon. Yeah, well, it's gonna go by you so fast, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, so those are the rules for overland travel. Nothing really special there. Sure. Yeah. Um, basic stuff. Now, the acquisition of mounts and vehicles. Um, if your players or yourself are interested in acquiring one. There's a list and costing and rules for mounts provided in the player's handbook. So, for mounts, we have options in the player's handbook ranging from a donkey costing 8 gold pieces, all the way up to 400 gold pieces for a trained warhorse. So, total sidebar, did you know that on that list there's one that does not have a stat block anywhere? And which one's that? The donkey. The donkey doesn't have a stat block. There's no stat block in 5th edition for a donkey. There is one for the mule in in the monster manual, and it's so minimal that you might as well just use that. Right. But... There's no specific donkey. It's weird that it's that listed. That is interesting. It's listed. Yeah. That's funny. I mean, yeah, use the meal stat block. Why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. That is interesting. And yeah, 400 gold pieces for a fully trained warhorse. It's a decent chunk of coin, but that, feels, consider that every, feels cheap to it, me. It does, considering right? Considering the party has that easily yeah. by like level six. For one, though, how many are you getting? Yeah, but how many people want to ride? Like, your monk's not going to ride. No, it's true. So. Yeah, it's going to be your, everyone your fighter. Else, yeah, everyone else is going to be on riding horses. Like yeah. the war horse is going to be your yeah. fighter paladin, whatever, yeah. right? And so, your paladin's probably got some steed anyways. Yeah, your barbarian, rogue, and monk can outpace a lot of the horses and shit anyway. Yeah, so. yeah. they're not going to bother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, the mount that you choose will have a speed anywhere from 40 to 60 feet. Yep. Um, there's a wide range in there. And their carrying capacity can be anywhere from 195 pounds, which is the mastiff. Uh, for your small size PCs, or 1,320 pounds for the Mighty Elephant. Yes, the Elephant is listed as a purchasable mount with a price and everything in yep. the player's handbook. Mm-hmm. Right out of the box. No, it's not out of the, right out of the box. It's right out of the trunk when it's an Elephant. Of course. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you want to ride in style, you may want to pick up a vehicle for your mount to draw behind it. Uh, you can find something like a Lowly Chariot for a low, low price of 15 gold pieces, um, weighing in at 200 pounds. Or, perhaps you want to travel in style with a carriage for 100 gold pieces weighing in at 600 pounds. I gotta ask, what is the difference between a wagon, a cart, and a carriage? Wagon and cart. That's where I have a rougher time with it. The wagon is the smallest based on the weight and cost. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to picture a little red rider wagon. <laughs> it, in my head... The- oh, uh, sorry. A wagon will have four wheels. A cart will have two. And yeah. then a chariot is in... Or, sorry, uh... A carriage, a carriage is enclosed. Is enclosed. That's so it's like dragons and wyverns and drakes and stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. So, yeah, but I feel like the, the cart is, um, I, w- I don't want to say it's enclosed, it's not, but it could no. have like a, like a back and a, and sure. a roof on it, yeah. right? What are they What are they called? The, Actually, a cart like I would also consider trot, as a, Right? Yes. With a cart I would also consider there's probably a spot for the driver to sit on. Right. Yeah. Whereas the wagon would not have that, right? It would just be an open vessel for hauling goods. No, you would have the, the think about a covered wagon. There's one guy. Yeah, at I the suppose front, so. Yeah. Right? So, and you can cover a wagon, but it's not going to have a hard, yeah, hard shell. It's a hard sides or top to it. But I might do it on a cart. Yeah. Because it's akin to a chariot. And a chariot, you stand the whole yes. time, right? Yes. Fight. Yeah. Whereas a cart, I think you sit yeah. and you can haul shit with it, right? Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are no rules in the book, so you're going to have to come up with these guidelines yourselves. Yeah. At the end of the day, does it really matter? Not a lot. It's flavor. Mm-hmm. Right. Just, are you, are you going to care how much you actually charge your players and how much it can weigh? Well, I would sit there and look at, you know, how much the, they're worth. Yeah. And then... The players? 
Not much. No, yeah. no that's just fucking nonsense garbage. Not worth place. the cart. Yeah. <laughs> they um, came in on. Not worth the paper their character sheets have taken up. So. Oh, fuck yeah, sidebar. We had an old um, grid map on the wall, and for like 15 years, we had a cart on it. Because some asshole drew on that with Sharpie. Yeah. And we couldn't get it off. <laughs> so off. everything we did, there was a cart. So every time we would draw an encounter, we would have to try to figure out how, how to the get cart. the cart into this encounter. Right? It was just like the set piece that was always yeah. there. It was wonderful. So here's another question before we go any further on the vehicles. Yeah. In fifth edition, there's... when I, Okay, I'm going to talk about grid for a second, okay? Okay. So uh, uh, one by one is a medium creature and a sure. two by two is a large. Yeah. Do you guys do a two by three for a carriage or a one by two for Absolutely. a wagon? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, are we doing the five by ten? Yeah, the, si- for the this? size matters. Horses are a one by two to me, and a carriage would be a two by three. See, I, yeah. and like, and I'm okay with that from my my, my roots in other editions, but like, I understand we, that that's not the way it's written in the rules. But I mean, it's such an easy change yeah, to make. There's when, nothing in the rules. When, when we ended up getting the carriage mini, like we got the official carriage mini right. at our table, um, you're supposed to be able to put it like on a horse, right? Like, yeah, th- there's there's a gap to slide a horse in there, but it's only like. Like ten feet wide, though the way the horse fits in with the round base doesn't fit. So we ended up pulling all the horses off their bases just so that they would fit a one by two, and we would walk them around the map like that for a while. Right. So, Interesting. But, well, yeah, because yeah. they got to be in the middle of two squares too, right? If you've only got ten foot wide, the horse is gonna be down the middle. And I'm just thinking, like down a five foot hallway, a horse doesn't necessarily have to squeeze. No. Right. So I would take I would take a war horse into a dungeon. I mean, they're big. Like yeah. that's a, that is a problem. And height's but, gonna be an issue for you. Yeah, but anyway, you have to duck or crawl. That thing's not getting through. But regardless, it's not ten feet wide. No, it is right? not. So yeah. even with saddlebags, anyway. Yeah. Um, now, if you are getting yourself a vehicle to be towed behind your mount, you're gonna have to make sure that your mount is able to pull it. Uh, with the drawn vehicles, your mount can pull up to five times its carrying capacity. So carrying capacity is specifically what it can carry on its back. Towing capacity is five times that. I use that for the. Uh... I use that chart and those rules for my large size characters as well. The Furbolgs and Goliaths yep. that can do that extra. Right. So That seems reasonable. Um, that said, working in tandem, mounts can actually add their... Right, it's additive, not multi- multiplicative. Yeah. Right? Mul- multiplicative is a great word. That's my $10 word for the day. There you go. Actually, it's probably worth 5 Well... It- actually, with inflation, it's probably up to 25 <laughs> Now, that was multiplicative. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing there, Dave? I'm great. <laughs> Good to have you here. Yes. <laughs> Actually, little uh, sidebar. I was reading about, I believe they're Belgian draft horses. When they are paired up in tandem, they can actually uh, pull about one and a half times what they normally pull solo because they are challenged by the other horse. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It's really interesting. So they have a weight that they can pull when they're alone, but you put another horse behind them, you'd think they'd just double that weight. No, they actually can pull way more because both of them are challenging together. So they're slacking most of the time. That's, that, yeah, basically. Fucking Belgians, jeez. <laughs> I, I, you know, and that's what they get for being French adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to run that past legal. <laughs> you know, as a Canadian. <laughs> Go on. I, I feel that we're all a little French adjacent, and it, does, and it doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> we damn, we damn Ontarians. <laughs> all right, um, so that covers the basics of uh, acquiring and using vehicles. Um, now there are some special stat-related rules mentioned in the PHB relating to mounts. 
For example, hanging onto a wagon while being dragged behind it requires a strength check. Clearly. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one, a little less clear, but we'll go with it. Controlling a loaded cart down a hill or a chariot around a tight turn would require a dexterity check. I think that's more to stay on than to actually control the vehicle. Well, I don't... Uh, I think it's both. It's, it's, it's like, yeah. remain in your seat while yeah. steering the sure. reins properly. Yeah. Like, that's that's talent. Yeah, in my, yeah. In my head, you got one foot up, and you're leaning to the left and yeah. ripping on the reins. Sure, and, yeah. Yeah, okay, so it's... Yeah, there, it, it makes sense. There's some reasoning there. I mean, you're still con- taking animal handling into account there, but I think when you're at that kind of speed and that kind of dress, you're mostly focused on staying on. It's so I think dexterity is a fair check to make. It's weird that they chose that as an example. Yeah, yeah it is. Dex checks, yeah. Yeah. Um, keeping your footing on a ship while being tossed at sea requires an acrobatics check, in case you were curious. Uh, so that's going to apply to wagons and shit, too. Absolutely, People standing yeah. in the back shooting arrows oh, off the 100%. back. 100%. Yeah, I'm giving you acrobatics, for yeah. sure. Oh, I would even make that a deck save, you know. Yeah. But you get them disadvantaged on their shot? Well, that's the point of acrobatics, right? It's more than just a dexterity save. You actually have to be good on your feet. You're not just keeping yourself... Right? No, if you're trying to do anything other... Right? Dexterity is for staying it, on. It, it depends if you're being active. I was thinking, like, they yeah. hit a bump in the road. Sure. It's the middle of a skill that's check a, and that's stuff. A that's a dex save. save yeah. sure. sure. But if you're trying to do something on the back of a moving vehicle at speed, yeah. now you're making an yeah, acrobatics Yeah, I guess check. that's acrobatics. Um, now, keep in mind, we should quickly touch on animal handling checks. Um, while a vehicle is being pulled by a mount, rather than the barbarian or the druid, let's say... Um, an animal handling check is required to keep the situation in control. You could possibly say the same for controlling your barbarian. I'm pretty sure that is a uh, persuasion check um, and some gentle caressing. Maybe a little kiss on the mouth? You need a bard to be able to handle your barbarian. <laughs> the barbarian. God help us all. <laughs> um, now, he wields an axe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no? all right. Dave wheels a hammer. Dave is not amused. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in these cases, uh, an animal handling check is required to keep the situation under control, as this would be a wisdom-related ability, right? Mm-hmm. Reading the situation, knowing how to deal with the thing that is pulling your vehicle. Yeah. Many backgrounds also, also offer different vehicle proficiencies, allowing to you to use your proficiency modifier to uh, add to checks to make control of the vehicle of your choice. Um, generally, it's land vehicles or water vehicles. Can't think any, off the top of my head of any that add air vehicles. Good, uh, go to Eberron. They've got some yeah, sure. In there. Yeah, sure. So there's airships and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I'm thinking core stuff, right? It's not going to be there. Yeah, no, it's you're going to have land land vehicles and water vehicles are about all you're getting. Eberron is core. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, soft core. But, but but you got to keep in mind as well that the the way the backgrounds work is that the ones that are in the player's handbook that we always choose are the example ones. Sure. You're supposed to build it yourself from the ground up. So if you wanted to be proficient in some sort of skycraft or sure. aircraft, you can. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. You could build that, no problem. Yeah. So we've got our mount, we've got our vehicle, and now we probably want to pimp our ride. Perhaps you wish to add some barding to protect your precious mount. For four times the cost that you would normally add any sort of armor, you can also add barding for your horse of the same type. So, right, plate mail, you just take the plate mail from the I would, HB I w- and multiply it by four. Yeah, I would use that with a little bit of common sense, though, because if you're going to do this for a Mastiff, that's still going to be roughly what a human would wear. Sure. So I would have it be roughly that cost. It, it, it is right. specialized, though. You're going to pay a premium, right? You're probably going to have more armorers. Yeah, but armors. I do it times two instead of times four, sure. just because it's... It's not that much more material. Especially if it's, like, chain mail. Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, it also is double the weight based on the rules of regular armor. 
So four times the cost, but double the weight. That makes sense, man. I've lifted up a saddle. Those things yeah. are fucking ridiculous. They, they are yeah. heavier than they look. Yeah. Now, if you wish to actually steer your mount and guide it where you want it to go, you will require a bit and bridle. Mm-hmm. Uh, costing for that is in the player's handbook, but it's dirt cheap. Uh, of course, you are also going to need uh, to supply food as your mount is likely a living creature. Uh, most towns, this can be purchased in for the cost of five copper pieces a day. Pretty cheap. Pretty cheap, yeah. But it's factor cheap, it in. It's cheap enough that I hand wave it unless yeah. we're going to do like overland travel sure. to get three weeks worth of shit. Yeah, yeah. You, if you're loading up for the trip, yeah, 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 yeah you're going to factor in the cost. But if you're just staying in, it'll probably be factored into the cost of stabling, which is also a cost that you can pay for in towns at the cost of five silver pieces a day. It's not too bad. In my head, that includes That would include, absolutely. Also. If you're paying for stabling, yeah, yeah that includes Oh, they everything. better brush it and make yeah. sure everything's good. And, you know. Also... Times four for an elephant. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's going to depend it, it on the mount. It needs to be, so. yeah. This is all just a baseline, right? Yeah. Now, to keep yourself on your mount, a saddle might be a good idea. Uh, when equipped with a saddle, you have advantage on any saving throws to stay on your mount. So we talked about that DC already, and mm. the percentage chance is quite high to stay on. Yeah. You get advantage on that, you're... That makes sense. You're almost never going to fall off as long as you're in the saddle. Sure. There is no extra action required to strap yourself into a saddle or anything, right? You're not actually hooking in. You're just, it's literally just a saddle that you're sitting on. Yeah. Try some stirrups, and that's about it. Sure. Now, there are four varieties of saddle. There is pack saddle, riding saddle, military saddle, and exotic saddle. And the pack one is the saddle light? <laughs> hey <laughs> Get out! <laughs> I told you no last time. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, Really, it's a flavor thing. The only exception to that is the exotic saddles. Exotic saddles are required for more exotic mounts with the ability to fly or swim. So if you have a... Sure, if it's not a horse, if it's not a... Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 But like an elephant technically doesn't require a exotic saddle. You could put just a regular old saddle on it. I'm gonna put a, I'm gonna put a small fortress on the back of it if I'm gonna Oh, be absolutely. So, like... yeah, you're, you're basically... I would charge the cost of a carriage and it would be on top. Yeah, that's what I would. If you're riding across the plains, look, like, I feel like elephants wouldn't even be part of this conversation if it wasn't for Lord of the Rings. So, sure, if you're not talking about the giant houses you're putting on top of them, those are missing those are only fonts. Close enough. Same thing. <laughs> okay, half the internet is screaming, but okay. Yeah, well, it's the other half I'm worried about. <laughs> so uh, that's saddles. Um, last thing that you can buy for your mounts are uh, saddlebags. Right? You want to carry your stuff around, but you don't want to have it on your back. Your DM decided that this is the campaign where you're running with encumbrance. Get yourself a mount and some saddlebags. Store as much as you can in there. Yeah, because you're not allowed to have a bag of holding. Correct. So here you yeah. go. You can't do a saddlebag of holding? You know, uh, absolutely you could. You yep. could. I, but, I, I have so many different kinds of bags of holding. Oh, absolutely. But like... Yeah, honestly, if you're going to get into the we need a wagon and we need mounts and everything, I'm going to take away your bag of holding. Yeah. For whatever reason. I'm just sure. going to say, hey, it's got to be left behind for whatever. The, this NPC is going to carry it for a bit. Sure. So that you actually have a reason to worry about. I don't track encumbrance. No. But at some point, when you've packed 95 people into your wagon, I'm going to go, okay, look. How is this being pulled? Right. When you have 9,000 gold pieces in the wagon, I'm like... You're leaving some behind, or it's going in a bag of holding, or yeah, distributed some way to get this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So absolutely. Um, also, do not forget to account for your own weight as you are riding the mount, right? Mm-hmm. And, not, the, and the weight of the barding while it's pulling, still exactly. Yeah, hand, all so. of, all of that is factored in. Yeah. So uh, the actual carrying weight of your loaded mount is quite small because it's got enough going on already. All right, that gets us through the basic rules. Let's uh, let's go through some questions. 
Oh. <laughs> I was at a 16, Dave was at a 19, and Brad knocked us to a 6 and a 1. And I got a 17. I am at a 1 again. <laughs> All right. So, Brad, how do you feel about 5th edition rules for mounts and vehicles? Um, we kind of touched on this earlier. I think they're a good starting spot, but they are not mm-hmm. fully sufficient, right? They're, they're good enough to get you going, but you're going to have to hand wave a lot or make up your custom rules yeah. for a lot of it. it. It's a really good starting point. It at least gets the conversation t- going. It's and here Here's what I'm going to say. And I'm going to get into the different mount options here in a few minutes. But, like, the exotic saddles, great for swimming and flying. If you want to ride a Dimetrodon, you need an exotic saddle. Absolutely. They've got a fucking fin down their back that you're not going to be able to straddle, right? Like, there are going to be some creatures out there that that it's just unrealistic for you to be able... Like, even an elephant, that saddle comes with a ladder. Absolutely. Right? Like, yeah. I'm going to charge you for an exotic yeah. saddle for that one, right? And so, it is a good place to start, I think. Yeah. Um, I wish that, do, do they all have the distance, like they have different distances that they can go or is it just kind of like no, a mount this, is this? A mount and a vehicle have this set distance. Um, Interestingly, they have different speeds, but the overland travel does not touch on distance based on mount. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, the idea is that you're not galloping full out in no. your horse all day, right? And I think yeah. about this, my, my riding horse where I'm going fucking full out and that you can do 60 Feet sure. at a time is built for speed over short periods of time, whereas yes. an elephant is built for endurance over long periods of time at a slower rate. So, yeah. like, ultimately, we can hand wave it for the sake of yeah. uh, over the course game. of a day, maybe it's going to be yeah, for... roughly an average. Sure. Yeah. The other interesting thing that you can kind of consider in this is I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, I do some overland travel. I do hiking, I'm out in the woods, I'm taking my stuff with me, we're out. And they will often have campsites at the benchmark of the day. That's it's it. today, yeah. you were traveling from this site to this site, you camp here the next night. So I it actually, doesn't matter if you're in a horse or an elephant, you're going to get to the next. I, I, I actually plan, because I did uh, the Kettle Valley Railroad um, biking tour when I was yep. younger, right? And so um, when, like, you know that you have to get to the next point, and that is your checkpoint, and you can sleep here overnight. That's right. And then on to the next one. It doesn't matter how tired you are, you're not there yet. Yeah. Now, there's some trails and stuff through BC, it was just like, pull over where you can. Sure. West Coast Trail's a good example. Yeah, of that, right? right. There's set camp spots, but people will stop wherever. Yeah. Where, wherever they need to, but like, even when I'm doing a uh, road trip, right, I, I'm i not stopping on the side of the road, I'm hitting the next town. Yes, right? and you're at very least trying to find somewhere at the dirtiest, cheapest, nastiest hotel. Yeah, exactly. So, um... Where you sleep in the parking lot in your car because you don't want to go anywhere near the rats where, and roaches. Where it starts to become a hotel. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> but like, again, these are good enough rules. I'm yeah. not going to tweak them too much. Um, I'm going to start to play with the rules and stuff. If I've got a hot air balloon or a, or a blimp or something and I've got animals like flying animals pulling it. That'll be different speeds That's all the, and different absolutely. rules and stuff, the, too. The player's handbook doesn't even try to touch no, on that. No, and I don't think anything in 5th Ed no. touches on that. But there are there are definitely ways that I would think about this when it comes to... And again, we're only talking about land. But you got to think, if you're going uphill or downhill significantly sure. for an entire day, are you going to have it or are you going to double it for your money? I think downhill, you're still not doubling it. If it's severe enough, you are having to hold back because you don't want to... When, when we were traveling through the desert... Um, in between the dunes, if you're going in between and winding your way around, yeah. then that's fine. That's at regular speed. But if you're going 
every time that we had to get off the the mounts or whatever and run up or go down, then it would be half or double speed, right? Sure. So um, I think about that for currents with boats and shit as well and wind factor for air as well. Sure. So like if we know, if you can map it, if you know, if the players can figure it out, you can adjust that shit. But for the most part, this is fine. I would tweak the pricing. It's weird that it's specific considering magic items are... I don't know, kind of this. Yeah. Right? So I'm surprised that these big ticket items are specific. And I'm also surprised that it's all still like, I can get an elephant for less than a spyglass. Yeah. Still, still seems odd it to seems me. It seems a little wild. So, I mean, you also have to factor in the ability to actually find somewhere that has an elephant that you can purchase. If I remember correctly, Charlie owes Dan an elephant in our campaign. Oh, I think he meant in is, real life. Is that an innuendo? No, they... They were to everybody took a little um, side quest through Barovia for a little bit, and they ran across a Vistani encampment that was abandoned, and they found an elephant. And Dan wanted to steal the elephant, but they were about to climb a mountain, and so Charlie's like, "Leave this one. I'll steal you another one in the future." Oh right, you told me the story, and then Charlie died, and then Charlie died, or rather, Dan killed Charlie by accident. So that's that's an important factor. Yeah, Dan does that a lot. Yeah, he also killed you. I'm not sure that was by accident, but I'm fairly sure it was not. Uh, Megan prefers to just delim people, right? <laughs> no, it was Megan that got. Oh, them. that's right, she was. Dealing. And Dan did that too. Well, that's, and then I killed her in Call of Cthulhu. Like Megan's got target on her eye, <laughs> forehead, right? Dan just shoots wild. When Megan's got a got a target. That's <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. Moving on, uh, the Cavalier Fighter is uniquely built for mounted combat. Paladins get to cast the fine steed and greater steed spells. Are there any other classes that you think about mounts or should devote a subclass to mounts? Uh, I guess I rolled first, so the one that comes to mind for me, there's two. Rangers feel like they should have mounts. Yeah, that makes sense to um, me. You know, something native to their uh, region that they mm. have their benefits from. Yeah. They should just just come with it. There should be some sort of You can of make an argument for, for Druid as well. Yeah, Druid way. as well. And funny enough, the one that stands out to me, Bard. I feel like a Bard is someone who travels enough, right, gathering tales, that he would have some sort of method of getting around beyond just on foot. I right. feel like the bard's gonna or the bard's gonna have the the mount to be a gimmick of some sort in his performance. Sure, gimmick. Or, right, it's, it's gonna a... have braided hair. It's gonna have beads, and it's gonna be like sure. over the top. Absolutely. right? it's gonna be a state. It's gonna be a prop. Yeah, but right. I mean, if you're going around gathering stories from across the world, you're gonna want a fast form of travel to get from place to place. Put your shows on. Do whatever you're doing. Uh, okay, so I'm thinking about not necessarily mounts, but vehicles. For some reason, clerics and vehicles line up really nicely for me because I always think about Friar Tuck and the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. I was thinking of Popemobile. Popemobile is another, yeah, great, great example. But like artificers too, like I can see them just sure. going town to town in their wagon, right? Yep. In their cart from one to the next. Um, Get more flavor though than actually needing a subclass, right? I think the Druid and the Druid and the Ranger could really use a subclass around it. You know the what other I, ones, it's flavor. I want, I, I as we move over to the backgrounds, so in the next edition, backgrounds are going to be the big piece, yes. right? The way that, that races are. Right yeah. But um, races or species, as they're going to be called, um, that should have the ability to ride specific certain things as well. If you come from this culture, if you're raised in a culture of um, elves, you should be able to ride a, a, an elk, right? Like... Or a couple of different woodland options, like gnomes ride giant badgers. Yeah, it's like the halflings in the Talensa Plains in uh, yeah. on ride velociraptors, sure. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that kind of shit, yeah. right? I just feel like that could be a a cultural, maybe not racial, but a cultural thing. Yeah. Where if you come from Regional. this specific, Regional, yeah, 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 this specific kind of of species 
So you're, you know, this size with this kind of animal. Chances are good that you know how to ride sure. a specific kind of animal. So that makes sense to me. Any thoughts, Dave? Any any other classes we missed? Uh, no, I mean, I feel like we pretty much hit all of them except the ones that don't make sense, like Monk and, yeah. and you know, that kind of thing. Although I do think it would be kind of cool to have some sort of... I, and I, I mean, like, small B battle master, yeah. uh, mage riding around the battlefield, controlling things, just like throwing spells off the top of a horse. From the back of a chocobo. Yeah, like, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> Jesus. So, it's full of Final Fantasy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Funny thing, I, I haven't even played one. Um, so, I would. There's a lot of conjure animal shit that's come out and sure. summoning animals. Yeah. And I well, feel swarm like. keeper, things like that. Yeah, I, well. No, there's a lot of summoning spells that have come out recently as the well. The swarm of war horses. Yeah. Um, um, well, they're it, tiny and spectral. I don't see why you couldn't do it. Um, I I would I would say that there could be something that was like a a conjure steed kind of scenario as well. That sure. I mean, well, we've got fine greater steed. That's effectively conjure steed. Yeah, it's but, just only available to one class. Yeah, I was just thinking though, like I could I could picture a subclass for sorcerer. Sure. Around picking different animals, that warlock actually wouldn't be a bad shout either. Yeah, like pack to the chain. But yeah, something pack pack to the saddle, <laughs> <laughs> right? Something like that. But I mean, I think it fits. Of all of the full casters, druid. Yeah, is probably the one I like best for that because yeah. they're naturey. So I don't know. I don't like the idea of a a druid riding an animal. Radagast. Yeah, I understand. Like, it, there, were, like, there would be more of a bond between the druid and the. No, it would have to like there would have to be a discussion about that because it's not going to be just. Yeah. We already oh, discussed consent in ch- chapter one. Here. I, I feel like the, I feel like the druid can like would sit down and it's not summoning a a spiritual animal. They sit down, they close their eyes for a minute, they do a ten minute ritual, whatever it is, and then an Something animal walks out, of the, out of the woods and they walk yeah. over a couple of animal handling checks or a specific druid That's spell. where you get your great elk to come in. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and they walk up and they just speak like in Sylvan or whatever. Is it okay if I ride you? And like in Terran. And they yeah. and then it speaks back or they understand it or they just like kneels down and lets them on. Yeah, the, the animal walks out. Your Uber has arrived. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, and then that would last until you leave this terrain. You go sure. back to civilization. Yeah, it would be regional. Yeah, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you feel like vehicles get enough love in D&D? Do they need some more? You rolled highest. I did. Um, I think it's situational. Right? Um, like I said, I'm in a pirate campaign right now. They get plenty of love. Yeah, you right? got lots and of ships. Every, what else do you have? Everything is vehicles. Yeah. there's The only way to get around is by having a ship. You're either using your own or commandeering someone else's. Okay. I have, I have a controversial viewpoint on pirate campaigns. Having just finished one. Now, we dealt with a serious number of rowboats. At one point, I gave them all wyverns to ride. Um, yeah. At one point, they found a sentient dock that they named Pierre, which just pisses me <laughs> right off. It was a dock with six posts that rose up. It was large size. They right. stood under it. And it walked through the muck. So, like, I had all sorts of sure. shit like that. But they spend most of their time on galleons. Yeah. That is not a vehicle. No, it's a moving. It con- contradicts. Yeah, you are you are in a structure. Yeah, it's the, your residence. For the bad guys come to you on your home turf. All of your your um, random encounters are shit that are happening beyond your walls of safety that you can choose whether or not to interact with. Right, sure. and so as a result. Is that really vehicles? Is like the uh, way that it is in some cases. Like if you're in a heavy storm and you got to roll your acrobatics. Yeah. So they, yes, it's a There's vehicle. a lot of that too. But at the same time, if you guys are just sailing, no, it's not. Come on, yeah. move it on. If your DM's not making you make some sort of skill check to pilot from place to place where yeah. you want to go and make sure you actually get where you want to go, 
Sailing the seas is difficult. What's well, the zoom in, zoom out, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah. that would be the minutia of the game that would just drive me up the fucking wall. I don't yeah. have the time for that. It, it slows so, the game down, but it does add realism. So you got to decide which which aspect you want to focus on. Uh, my big thing was um, you. They would essentially take a shift, and then they would roll of the random encounter that would happen. But half of it was nothing happens. Roll it. Yeah. Roll the d twenty. They'd roll an eleven. I'd say it peaceful. It's fine today. Nothing because we're on an eight day trek. We're not gonna yeah. have. Shit Something coming out every of every day. Yeah, yeah so. no, it's too much. But yeah, I think vehicles, there's room for it. I've got a player right now who's playing a, co- uh, his background is that he's from the Coachman Guild. So vehicles are just about to come into play pretty heavily as he's going to. Right, I've got a player who built his character around that. It better come into play or I'm not doing a good job as a DM. Of course. All right, so let's jump into animals then. Let's do it. So Can we phrase that differently? <laughs> I thought they spelled thought that was, on the outside. I thought it was phrased just what, right? It's funny that you went to Tauntauns, because I went to Ace Ventura when Nature Calls, and he's like, That was the one I was talking about. Twice in every episode, Dave screams in red lights. I'll do it again. Get the second one out, at least it's controlled. You wait until I get to the point where you can squeal like a pig. Where pigs are coming. So Can we rephrase this, please? The pigs are coming. Did you know that? I don't have all night. Did like you a pig orgasms. Yeah, it's like how 30 long? minutes. 30 That's minutes. what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, this conversation is leaving a bad taste in my mouth. Let's move on. So um, first first and foremost, there are categories of mounts here that I've broken out because what they give you in the player's handbook is good, but it's always just the tip of the iceberg. And everybody, every campaign I've been in has somebody asked for a weird fucking mount. So I went through all of the books, and I went, what are the mounts? And I went through them. What are your players going to ask for, or what are you going to think, hey, neat, this is a cool idea. I've, so I've gone through 120 different creatures, a little bit more than, and we're, I'm going to blitz through them so you guys know that the options are there and touch on the important ones. Because um, some of them are really good, some of them are really dumb. Okay, where do uh, we get to the centaurs riding centaurs? Uh, it's coming. Okay. So... There's 120 he mentioned. My brother and his damn paladin chose a giant kangaroo where he rides in the damn pouch. He had 120 options and that was And his he picked choice. 121st. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, it raises an interesting question about plasmoids and, and, um, and centaurs and how they ride uh, on mounts. And my, my short answer on that is they don't. They don't. Centaurs they, are a mount. In and of themselves. Uh, no, there's no fucking. You right. never wanted to mount a centaur. All right, let me let me let me start because we're gonna be here all fucking night otherwise. <laughs> so first of all, horses. All right, horses and everything that's kind of horse-like. So we start off with the donkey, which I said before is not listed in the player's handbook. It has the same kind of uh, stat block as a mule, or that's what I would assume, um, because we do get a mule in the monster manual. So. We also get a pony, um, and these are all medium-sized creatures. There's a couple others. Uh, Wooden Donkey is available in the Dungeon of the Mad Mage. The Clockwork Mule is available in Storm King's Thunder. Those are all the medium-sized creatures for small characters to ride. So that's it. Donkey, Pony, Mule, Wooden Donkey, and Clockwork Mule. So here's the difference. The Pony sucks. It's got the worst stats out of the group of them. Uh, it has the same AC, uh, all of them do, but the pony's got the lowest number of hit points. They all move 40 feet. Um, but everything else has something special about it. The pony's the only one that is not considered large for the purposes of carrying. Um, and uh, 
The wooden donkey is uh, also immune to poison and a few other of uh, the conditions because it's a construct. It has blind sight out to 30 feet, which is important. The clockwork mule, however, has rules for repairing it. It, got, it takes one hour to recover one hit point, and it also takes 20 gold pieces worth of parts. So while you, in theory, can get it up and running again, it's going to cost you. If you lose, that's per hit point. So right? mending so, is not enough? No, 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 no. It has specific healing rules for it. So clearly the best option here is the wooden donkey by a fucking sight. Right? It's got the same stats as a mule or a donkey. So Don't have to feed it. Yeah, you don't have to feed it. It's got blind sight. It's immune to a bunch of shit. Like, no. that's the right answer. But it only has 18 hit points. I assume it's vulnerable to fire. Uh, it doesn't say anything about that. Yeah, yeah it's just I don't think it was specifically, but uh, yeah. I probably would make it that way. Yeah. The, the, the one thing that it's probably a little grim, but we should probably cover, is the downside to a wooden donkey is when you guys are up shit creek, you can't eat your wooden donkey. Mm. But you can use it for firewood. You can, that's true. But, I mean, part of the idea of a mount, to me anyways, a small percentage, I'm not saying this is a huge thing, is like this is your this is your bailout plan. This is when you get stuck in the I, mountain pass, you... You got something. Yeah, that's yeah. why you put oxen and not, not horses uh, carrying your... Yeah. yeah. Speaking of horses, so I want to point out too, there's no rule against a small-sized creature riding a large-sized... Correct. Creature. So... Medium size can't ride medium size, but but small can ride large. Yes. So this is available for everybody. We have riding horses, war horses, and draft horses. We also have zebras and camels. Interestingly enough, the war horse is by far the best because it has the ability to charge, where the rest of them don't. And it has the highest um, hit points, the highest AC, but only at like 11. Yeah. Right? Um, you can put barding on it, though. And it can go 60 feet. The only other ones that can go 60 feet are Riding Horse and Zebra. You're going to have to convince me to fucking tame a Zebra, right? Yeah. Like, that's going to be so much harder. We're Canadian. It's a Zebra. It's a Zebra. Um, <laughs> if you want to know where to find the, the Zebra, it is in um, the Tomb of Annihilation. I was going to say the back of the book, guys. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's in Tomb of Annihilation. Now, there are a bunch of other steeds out there that are horse adjacent. Um, there's the Valinar steed, right, from sure. uh, Eberron. They're large fey, they're intelligent, and they can communicate uh, telepathically with the bonded creature. I think that's one of the best options. It has better AC, um, better uh, hit points, and comparable speed to the warhorse. You're going to have a hard time convincing me to let you have one. But it is actually meant to be a steed for elves. Like, it is built to be, you ride this. And it's handed out in Eberron. Like, this one is is like definitively supposed to be something you ride interesting now there's another one that's very similar to that like you are supposed to ride this we give it out and here's why and it's called the ashen warhorse and this is from the keys from the golden vault it's a large elemental because it's made of ash it can charge but when it drops to zero hit points it turns to ash and drops everything it's carrying or wearing immediately there's a fun visual. Yeah, this is bullshit, and you should not choose this one unless you are desperate for it. Because there's no healing this bet. Like, if it hits zero... It's gone. Yeah. And you're on your ass. Yeah, and it's leaving ash behind, right? So, the other ones that exist are the uh, Chiron, Unicorn, Centaur, Hippogriff, Griffin, Pegasus, and Nightmare. I'm going to tell you now, the Centaur... The unicorn and the Chiron are intelligent creatures. They will not let you ride them, yeah. except in the most dire fucking circumstances. So, um, if you need to get out of the erupting volcano now, maybe then ask. But other than that, yeah. no biped, do they, it yourself. They are not a right. vehicle. No, they, they are not here for your 
amusement or yeah. for you to ride. Um, a Pegasus, a Griffin, and a Hippogriff are, but we're not talking about flyers. No. So that leaves us with the Nightmare. Now, the Nightmare can fly as well, but it's worth bringing up because most people don't let it, like, they think that it just walks. It's got 60-foot movement speed and 90-foot flying. So, like, it fucking goes. And with 104 hit points, it's by far the beefiest thing that I've talked about so far. It is a fiend. It's immune to fire, grants fire resistance to the rider, illuminates 10-foot in bright light and then 10-foot in dim light um, beyond that, and it can guide three creatures back and forth through the ethereal plane as an action. It, it can also fucking leave you there. Again, you're going to have a real tough sell to let me let you have one of these, but in under the right circumstances, I'll allow it. My tier four necromancer sure. got a nightmare. Yep. yep, I'm cool with that. That's fine. And by the way, the ethereal plane was fucking frightening. So yep. like, it was not... There's they, a cost to pay for it beyond just the... Yeah, that was, that was something real scary for them to have to do with a four-person party, yep. and only three of them can go at a time. It was fucking scary, right? So one person was always left behind for a little bit. Um, I'm not going to hand out the Nightmare very often. Honestly, out of everything I've talked about so far, the Balinar Steed is the right answer because it's not game-breaking, and I would probably give it to a Tier 2 character. I'm a little disappointed there's not a seahorse option. There are seahorses, but we're not talking about swimmers. I, I did okay. not include swimmers, flyers, or snakes. Okay, I was going to say, because there is a sea... It's like a, called a hippo something that's the, in the, the Theros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 I was going to say hippocampus, but that's not right. <laughs> yeah, it's not a hippogriff. No, um... No, you're right. There That's is the North American house hippo. <laughs> um, so it's worth talking about because I mentioned intelligent animals, that there are awakened animals all over the place as well. Again, they have an intelligence. You do not just automatically get to ride an awakened animal. Sure. Um, I would not do... If, if I'm going to be the DM that gives that to you, I'm not giving you a mount. I'm giving you an NPC that, by yeah. the way, you might be able to ride. Sure. Uh, next is are the canines. Most of these are medium, but not all of them. So, first of all, I want to get it right out of the way. Hyena, Giant Hyena, and uh, Lucrata are not options. The Hyena and Giant Hyena, you, they look like you could ride them. They will just fucking eat you. Yeah. The Lucrata food. is an intelligent monstrosity that will also just fucking eat you. So, um, if it offers you a ride, that's a trap. Don't do it. Uh, other than that, we have our medium creatures. You have the Mastiff, which is the one that's... Uh, in, in the, the player's handbook, yeah. It's also the worst fucking option. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, the Wolf, which is also not a great option. If you are riding a Mastiff in your campaign right now, uh, get your hands on Rise of Tiamat and ask if you can use the Sled Dog out of it. It has one better AC, double the hit points, and also gets Pack Tactics. Yeah, the pack tactics is huge. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's big. Um, but if you can convince your your DM, and I'm not sure you're going to be able to, if you can convince them, get a death dog. They're the two-headed evil um, monstrosities from the monster manual. They're in with the other beasts and sure. shit, but um, they have even more hit points. They have 60, which is pretty beefy. Multi-attack, but their bite does damage to maximum hit points. Really? Not a whole lot of damage, yeah, but enough. Interesting. To, yeah. So, and with multi-attack too, that would be... Yeah. And again, maybe a tier three person gets this as... Sure. Right, so... Um, with dogs, are we going to bring out the Severus? Do, I'm getting there. I so, um, we have, for large creatures, so for your medium players yeah. now, and everyone can ride the Dire Wolf, Warg, and Winter Wolf. Everyone thinks, oh, cool, I get a Dire Wolf. No, that's the worst of the fucking options. The Warg has dark vision, can, can speak goblin and warg. You can interact with it. It's intelligent. Huh. 
Um, the so it speaks or understands goblins. Speaks really. Oh yeah, they are they are equal members of the goblinoid army. Interesting. Yeah, they're not the mindless creature you yeah. see in Lord of the Rings. Or yeah. Anything. Yeah. Um, but the Winter Wolf has 120 hit points, which is uh, almost three times as much as the yeah, war. Winter Wolves are a little scary. Yeah. yeah, they have pack tactics, snow camouflage. They're immune to cold. They can knock people prone with their bite, and they have a cold breath that recharges on a five or six like a dragon's. Right. So. That's pretty badass and cool, but if we head over to some of the more magical shit you're probably going to want and your DM will say no to, the, there's a Valinar Hound, which is very similar to the Valinar Steed um, for medium. Uh, all of the rest of these are medium, so if you're okay. a medium creature, you're not going to get any of these. The Shadow Mastiff, there's a Shadow Mastiff Alpha, so that's a new one in the Monsters of the Multiverse that wasn't in Volos. Um, at the Hellhound, the Blink Dog, and the Cerberus. First of all, I'm not going to give you most of those, but here's what they offer, and if you can trick your DM, or DMs if you're listening, don't be fooled by. The Valinar Hound is fey and intelligent, communicate telepathically. The Shadow Mastiffs have ethereal awareness. uh, They get all the sunlight weaknesses that you expect from drow and kobolds and stuff, but they are invisible in shadows. The difference is the Alpha also has a howl that can frighten creatures. The Hellhound is fire breath, pack tactics, and is immune to fire. The Blink Dog is interesting because everything that it's carrying or wearing also teleports with it. So that would be a really neat thing to give and somebody. That is actually one I would probably let my players have, I, at least for a little while. Yeah, and again, I'm liable to do that tier three or four, yeah. right? So, um, And then the Cerberus, is uh, they've got Fire Breath, Pack Tactics, Immune to Fire, and they're also immune to Necrotic Damage. So there's a bigger, beefier Cerberus. That's only the two-headed one. Yeah. The three-headed one is... Absolutely fucking not. You do not get this. It is a monster that will eat you. Then there are what I categorized as elephants. There are only three entries on here. One of them is not actually an elephant, but here we go. The elephant's great. They're huge. So is the mammoth. It is also huge, but it is huger. So um, it has one more AC, but well over double the hit points at 186. Incidentally, all of the hit points I'm giving you are max hit points. Okay. I don't use average hit points for mounts because... We don't no, want they, they should have die. max. You don't yeah. want them to die. Right. So um, if you wanted, though, a large-sized creature, kind of the same vein, you go with a rhinoceros. Those Hell things yeah. exist, and I would totally fucking ride one. Um, sure you would. Now, there are birds. Right on the horn. <laughs> oh, I was thinking you could do the reverse Ace Ventura. <laughs> it comes out of his ass? No, he goes into <laughs> it. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm comfortable. Um, so there are, I'm all, not. The, there you are, won't be once you're inside the rhinoceros. <laughs> you don't know that. Yeah, I do. Um, it's not bad on the outside. Uh, the, as far as the Second birds go, down. as far as the birds go, there are a number of flying ones, but there are also a number of ones that can't fly. Like there's penguins and, and ostrich chips. on the list. There's no such thing as an ostrich, but we do get an axe beak. All right. And the axe beak is really the only one worth mentioning here. Um, it's not a bad option. There only has an AC of 11, but most of the shit I've talked about has had an AC under 13. Most of the time I'm riding my mount to the dungeon, Correct. getting off and going in. Or so. I'm going to put barding on it and that's going to boost yeah. the AC anyway, right? You're not usually playing a class that's proficient at fighting from horseback anyways, right? But but these guys have uh, 50 foot movement speed, which is not nothing. No, that's decent. Yeah. Um... Now, I wasn't going to include this category at all except for one entry, except in the Explorer's Guide to uh, Wildmount, it made a point of saying that there are beasts and... Are, do you... You're critical role-ish? I'm very far from it. I, okay. I'm familiar at the lowest level. I know, Dave, you have never... No. 
So they've got what's called a Moore bounder. Hold on. Is it R-O-L-L or R-O-L-E? E. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I learned something new. Yeah, yeah, now I know something about it. Um, so a Moore bounder is essentially a large panther with tusks as well that are actually pretty intelligent and incredibly vicious. They can be trained to be used as beasts of burden, um, but they've been known to eat their riders. Normally, I I wouldn't include this, but it does say they will eat their riders, and it's a throwaway fucking line in the book. And oh, I like, that's not a throwaway. Yeah, no. someone will that's ride in there one for of a reason. Yeah, so um, they you toss an NPC on it. You show it can happen, and your players won't want it anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's got uh, an incredibly good leap factor to it as well. Like it can fucking go forty feet in a single leap. Um, and it's got dark vision. They've got a tougher one called a bristled moorbounder, but I'm not going to let you have that because. It's big thing is that it's got quills and it will fucking stab you. Oh, so, yeah, like, no, you shouldn't be riding no. on top of that. Um, now, there are lions, tigers, panthers, snow leopards uh, that exist, and saber-toothed tigers. I'd let you ride a saber-toothed tiger because it's He-Man badass. style? He-Man style. But I'm not going to let you ride a fucking lion. I don't care who you are. The lion won't let you, right? So, I don't know. See, I would probably I, argue I'd that cats it. are probably not rideable. That's what I mean, but like... I would give you a saber-toothed tiger just for the the imagery of it. That's badass. But again, that would be if you were like one of the feline shifters, or like it's in your it's in your blood. Give uh, me a reason. The tabaxi is riding it, right? So um, now I'm not going to let you have a displacer beast, and you should not be trying to ride a lamia. Those things will just fucking kill you. The for those of you that don't know, they are incredibly powerful spell casting. Top half person, bottom half lion. Like a centaur. Yeah. So the answer is no. No. But in Theros, they did give us felidars. And felidars are meant to be mounts. Yeah. So, again, super powerful. Tier three or four, if I'm going to hand this out. Um, Because some of them even can fly. But they've got an AC of 17, 143 hit points. They're staying in the battle with you, right? Yeah. They also have true sight out to 120 feet and are intelligent. They have multi-attack and can pounce and can communicate telepathically with a creature they're bonded to. So this is an NPC. Sure. This is not just a mount, and I'm not going to hand it out to everybody, right? So um, next up, infuriatingly, and I thought it was a joke at first until I realized that this list went deeper than I thought, is cattle. Huh. So there are stat blocks for cows in Volos. Um, they're not anywhere else. It did not get a reprint into, Interesting. Yeah, into the Monsters of the Multiverse. Um, and... Uh, uh, there are oxen, yaks, which are available in Storm King's Thunder, um, and then gorgons, which are those metal bulls yeah. with petrifying. Pre- like I'm not giving you one no. of those. A stench cow, which is just a cow that fucking reeks. Again, I, otherwise known as a I cow. cow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, this thing does damage to every creature within five feet of it. That like does Excellent. you have to do a con save or be poisoned? So it's not a mount. Yeah. Right. Like I'm not gonna let you have this one. But there's also the Auroch, and those are specifically supposed to be mounts. Like, Oxen and Yaks are great um, for for Beast of Burden pulling these, wagons. These are, these, and, that's exactly what I'd be using these for. Not so much as mounts, but as the things that are pulling your vehicles. But an Auroch, I discovered recently, is a real fucking creature. Which yeah, I that's where like, yes, the domestic is. cow came from. Yeah, and I yeah. didn't know that. Like, I just found out, like, two weeks ago about that. Nice. But they're essentially called Battle Bulls in D&D, and Orcs ride them into battle. Cool. They're not intelligent, um, but they have a gore attack um, that can knock people prone. It used to be part of a charge attack in Volos, but that got it doesn't charge anymore, according to Monsters of the Multiverse. After that, are you ready for this? There are five entries under Swine. Excellent. <sighs> war pigs. 
Well, pig is there, and um, so is boar and giant boar. Uh, all of the pigs are medium except for giant boar, and what I included in this list also is giant space hamster. <laughs> That's not boarish. It, it has a little pink nose, so I gave it. I put it with the. It had to go somewhere. Okay, it, can you ride bears? Yeah, those should be in with that because bears are boars and sows. Are they? By their yes, they shouldn't yes. be swine. No, but no, like, they're not swine. But like, but if you were to talk about a male bear, it's a boar. If you're talking about a female, I, I, it's a sow. I sat down and went, where do I put giant space hamster on these lists? And I went, they don't go with bears. They could go with bears. You get little Russian ones that, like, I've seen. They, should they go with bears? And I'm like, no, they're close to guinea pigs. That sealed the turn. <laughs> oh, you're like a guinea Rex? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, the pig. Don't ride a fucking pig if you're a halfling. Like, ride it into town. Sure, that's funny. Don't take it into combat. It has nine hit points. That yeah. is maximum hit points. You will have bacon for lunch tomorrow. So, Good reason to ride it into battle. Um, you don't have to do the work yourself. Uh, a boar only has double the, that hit Fireball. points. Fireball. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pre-cooked. Dave and I used to know a family that raised pigs when yep. we were younger, and they named the three pigs breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Do you remember oh, this? Oh, uh, Picton was the last name? No. No, no, no. That's... <laughs> That's, Local that's, that's something else, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm going to keep moving. The giant boar is the best option on this. Uh, it has 40-foot movement. Um, it has a charge attack. It's got the best AC at 12, but 64, uh, 65 hit points. In Boo's Astral Menagerie for Spelljammer, they have a pig with barding that can fucking fly called a space swine. And that's I all love I'm, that book. And that's all I'm going to say about that. It's medium size, so like... I genuinely love that book. If you haven't checked it out, please do When pigs fly. Yeah, yeah, so there you go. Um, other... Uh, Dave, you're going to love this. Other ungulates. Ungulates. <laughs> ungulates. Yeah. All right, so... Also, uh, you know what an ungulate is? Yeah. It's a hooved animal. Yeah. There's two kinds. There's cervid and bovid. Bovid is one hoof. Cervid so is, is a split. A split hoof. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's the other way around. Either way, yes. Either correct. way, yeah, yeah. So, anyway... I'm going to go through them now because we have goats, sheeps, and others. Don't ride a goat if you're a small creature. Again, it has fewer hit points than a pig. A mountain goat, though, is pretty good and has a 30-foot climb and it can charge. So that that works out okay. What size is it? Medium? Medium, yeah. Uh, so you can't put your dwarf on a mountain goat. That no, sucks. but you can do it on a giant goat. It doesn't okay. have a thirty foot climb to it, yeah. But it, it is a, a goat that still feels like a shame that you can't put a dwarf on a mountain goat. The mountain goat is available in Icewind Dale, where yeah. the others are in the Monster Manual. In Theros, there's the Nyx Fleece Ram as well. I'm not going to let you ride that into combat. No, no that is a it's a specialized creature. Yeah. So um, other than that, we have a bunch of deer. They suck. Don't ride them. They're medium um, sized, and uh, so is the Burnished Heart. Uh, this exists. It is a construct. It is literally a bronze deer that is as as like fire on the inside that is constantly boiling out of it and does damage to anyone that touches it. Yeah, you're or not rides it. That. So don't fucking ride it. So we get the golden stag, which is large size, the elk, which is large size, and the reindeer, which is large size. They all charge. They're all in different books, and they all have the exact same stats. Beautiful. Yeah. Keeps it simple. Um, and then there's the giant elk. I think that they're like strength and dex and shit is different, but all the shit that matters is yeah. the same. Um, then there's the giant elk, which uh, is huge sized and can charge and is absolutely terrifying. The only way that I'm really going to lean into deer and elk and shit is going to be for 
the um, Path of the Totem Warrior Elk, because that's one right. of the expansions for it, right? So there are a handful of like elk flavor shit, sure. like druids and stuff. I'll, I'll let your druid do it. Your wood elf will probably allow it. The Golden Stag, I, I think it's the Golden Stag, is they only appear and uh, occasionally, and when they do, it's a sign that there will be a new king that is... Right. Yeah, it's a premonition born. of some yeah, kind. Right. Yeah, right, so... It's not a mount. So I'm not going to give this to just anyone. An ASMR in third level, like third tier, maybe would, would get the ability to ride one of these, so... Um, now for the forest creatures. We have giant badgers, which suck, don't do it. Giant weasels, which suck, don't do it. And then bears. Black bears are actually the best option for small creatures. Right. And answers going to the question of which bear is best. And it's just the fact that they've got, and this is for small creatures only, uh, they just have the best uh, hit points, the ability to climb 30 feet, and multi-attack, which yep. is good. When it comes to the large-sized creature, brown bear is the worst because everything is better on the all the way up. Um, we get polar bears, which just have better AC and essentially do everything the same, and better stats. Cave bears, which are just polar bears, but not in the Snow. Arctic. Uh, huge polar bears, which just get the size and therefore stat number upgrades. Um, and then we have owl bears. I would let somebody ride an owl bear at certain tiers, sure. right? Like, if you really wanted to get into it, and that's your, your dream, I'm going to let you... It's not... It's no different, really, than having a bear, except they have dark vision. It's on the table, but we're going to have a chat. Yeah. Yeah, give me a good reason. Um, and then we have reptiles and amphibians. There are giant toads, and I could picture a gnome or a halfling. Sure. You know, or a grung riding one of these things, like a bullywug. They, yeah, they've got a swim speed, but, I mean... and A wartlock? <laughs> Ew. Um, they're amphibious. Uh, their bite grapples and they can swallow yeah. the creature on the next turn. So that's really fun. They're toads, so they should be around water, but not necessarily in it. In the water. giant frog, however, is in water, so it's not part of this conversation. Just don't fucking do that. Um, how are you going to ride a giant frog? It just feels awkward to me. I, I The only time I would do that is if they're going from land to an underwater thing. Sure. Right? It would be a plot point. It would, and, or, and, or not a plot point, a... Uh, uh, plot device, yeah. right? Like, yeah, so uh, it's good. And the Grung Society says we have a way to get there, right? Like, it, anyway. Um, and then we have, uh, there's also crocodile, giant crocodile. Frogs riding frogs. And uh, an elder giant lizard, which is just a big, mean crocodile. Uh, they exist. Don't ride a crocodile. That's dumb. Yeah. Their movement sucks. The, the, it's just generally a bad idea anyway. Yeah, you're just going to get fucking eaten. Yes, but can't it move just as much in a day as a horse or an elephant? Based on the rules, yes. Based, yeah, based on the rules, yes. But in battle, you were just going to get off of it and walk around, right? Yeah. So Now, there are two other kinds of lizards. There's a giant lizard, uh, which also has a 30-foot climb to it. These are meant to be mounts. And there's actually a sidebar in the Monster Manual for it. And art, all the way through um, Out of the Abyss, which shows uh, drow riding them and using them as beasts of burden in the Underdark. Uh, there's a variant of them that can use spider climb or, the, or that uh, can hold their breath underwater for extended periods of time as well. So these are actually pretty cool. The art looks like big green, like monitor lizards, kind of bearded dragons. Yeah, you're talking like the thing that Obi-Wan was riding in that one of. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. O only oh, on that one Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Thanks. Thanks, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's also the giant strider. And the giant striders in the... Um, Monsters of the Multiverse. This is what fire newts ride. Mm. Um, they are large-sized uh, bipedal yeah. lizards, and um, 
I find riding bipeds a little odd, but like they do have saddles and shit on them because they got like a humpback to them. They go 50 feet. They've got an AC of 14 and 36 hit points, which is better than most of the shit I've mentioned so far. But they absorb fire damage, which means whatever fire damage they take, they heal half that amount. Nice. Um, they can throw small fireballs up to 60 feet, that, and that <laughs> recharges on a 5 or 6. Excellent. I think it does 66 damage. Like, it's yeah. it's significant. Every three turns, you're basically, you're yeah. probably getting this thing. They were considered a monstrosity um, in Volos, but now with the update, they're elementals. Sure. Right. If you're going to the, to the plane of fire, you can pick one of these up, sure. Now we have dinosaurs, and there are lots of them. The ones that are in the uh, in Eberron are the fastiest, which is just a like a Gallimimus, a medium size. Yeah, um, they're bipeds, and you ride them on a saddle, but they don't bite. Their big thing is that they're faster. They go fifty feet. They've got decent AC, and they can dodge um, oh. as a bonus action. Oh, as a bonus. Okay, because everything else can do it as an action. Yeah. Um, uh, but they also, that has to recharge on a 5 or 6. The other option is the Clawfoot, which is clearly a Velociraptor. Um, they've got pack tactics. Their mechanical stats are not as great, but their attacks are, are better. Uh, and they get multi-attack and the ability to pounce on things as well. But both of them are overshadowed significantly by the Deinonychus, which is in the Monsters of the Multiverse, um, which is essentially a Clawfoot, except it doesn't have pack tactics. But it has better hit points and better numbers. So, if it's going into battle, that's the thing, right? So, when it comes to the large size creatures, you have a Hadrosaurus, which is the one that has the giant, like, tube crest out the back mm -hmm. of its head. They're, again, they're bipeds, but they're hunched forward so you can get a saddle on them. Thank um, you, Yoshi. Yeah, the, um, the Allosaurus is actually Yoshi yeah. as well, and so that's large size, it, which is just a small T-Rex if you really dumb it down some. Um, but they have the ability to pounce. They're really the best options for large size creatures, and I'm more likely to give you anything else. Anything beyond that is going to be huge size and not really, or bigger, and not really be a good mount. So the Ankylosaurus is the one with like the big turtle shell and the spikes yep. and the club tail. Um, that's available. It's huge. It can knock things prone with its tail attack. Triceratops can charge. Um, and the T Rex, you could in theory be able to ride one. They have T Rex rides. In, I want to say Tomb of Annihilation, one of the books. Um, they have dino races. So um, it does big damage. It's got a multi-attack. They've got a Brontosaurus, which is hilarious to me because it, that's not a real dinosaur. It was a Brachiosaurus head on an Apatosaurus body. <laughs> so the Brontosaurus is not real, but it's got a stat block, and sure. those two don't. So welcome to D&D. &D. <laughs> um, it's Gargantuan. It has 207 it's the hit points. It's the jackalope of the uh, yeah, 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 dinosaur yeah. kingdom. Yeah. Um, 207 hit points, AC of 15. This thing will probably fuck up a T-Rex. It's got a decent stomp attack. There's also the Dimetrodon and the Stegosaurus as well. But because of the shit on their backs, you're not riding these, right? Like, not unless you're, like, wind surfing sailing on the side <laughs> with an exotic kind of saddle or something. Um, and then we get into dragons. There's a guard Drake. Now, I recently yeah. got a mini that I pulled from a third party. It was a gift, um, but it was a third party, like, 3D printer scenario of a cobalt riding a guard Drake. And I'm like, that's a nice. lot of fun. So uh, I do like them as mounts for cobalts. They're medium size, so really nothing else is going to ride them. There's nothing else really dragon themed that small. Um, but they've got dark vision. They understand draconic. They got multi attack. They've got additional speed options and 
damage resistances based on the color of them as well, but they're only chromatic. You don't get metallic mm. um, guard drakes. That's in their lore. Like, it's, it's Makes chromatic damage. flavor-wise. Yeah. There's also ambush drakes as well that are available in Horde of the Dragon Queen. Yeah. They're a little bit weaker, but what they're given is additional damage if they can uh, on the first round of damage or first round of combat. So, um, again, they understand draconic as well. They also have pack tactics when the guard Drake doesn't. Yeah. So interesting, but they have less than half the hit points, so they're going to die pretty quick. I have handed out wyverns. I don't see a problem with it, but they're flyers. I'm not going to talk about it right now. Dragonels have been introduced in Fizzbands and Dragonlance. There are stats for them, um, and they're really cool. They are supposed to be dragon mounts. They are large size with saddles and barding, and, like, it's fucking badass. But again, we're not going to get into it. And while it is a classic trope that you can ride a dragon, I dare you to fucking ask. Yeah. So, not a option, right? Again, unless the the silver the, dragon is like, hey, we have to go the, now. The deus ex machina yeah. moment yeah. where yeah. you just got to get out. Um, and that brings us to the last court category, which is going to make everybody happy. Insects. Because you can ride some giant insects. There are giant snails. The only reason I bring up giant snails, there are two different options for giant snails, and they're fucking hilarious because they're dumb as shit. One of them is the actual giant snail from Wild Beyond the Witchlight, which has salt os- uh, osmosis, which means that for every pound of salt it touches, it takes 2d4 necrotic damage. <laughs> Um, and also, it can go into a shell to get plus four to its AC. Uh, it moves at a, a whopping ten feet per round. Excellent. Wow. Yeah. That will not be able to go as far as the other mounts. No. Uh, I want you to know that there's actually a worse fucking option. That one has an AC of 11 and 40 hit points. There's one that is named in Dungeon of the Mad Mage, which I guess you guys haven't come across yet, called uh, Hongarask. Okay. Yep. Hongarask has an AC of six. 91 hit points, and it can also move 10 feet, but he is huge. But here's the thing. If you touch him, he gives you six temporary hit points and removes curses. And you hallucinate. Uh, no. <laughs> um, the uh, He does have spider climb, and salt does 1d6 acid damage to him. So, like, they changed what salt does. Sure. But, like, 6 AC. Well, that's what it come first, actually. It's, it's a 6 AC that heals. This thing will be the first fucking death on the battlefield, oh. right? So, oh, yeah, yeah. You can ride a giant scorpion. I would let you do that if you can come up with a reason to come out of, like, like um, Clash of the Titan style, coming out of the desert. Like, sure. They're actually not a bad idea. AC of 15 and 84 hit points, and they can move 40 feet around. Blind sight of 60 feet, multi-attack, and their tail does poison damage. Not, not bad. bad. And all of your, cre- all the characters, because it's large size, right, yeah. can do it. There's also what's called Steeders, and Steeders are from uh, Dungeon of the Mad Mage again. These are spiders that Duragar ride. The medium ones are the male ones and the large ones are females. So if your party's riding, they're probably all females. These things can leap up to three times their walking speed, which is 30 feet. So they just 90 jump foot 90 leap. foot. Yeah. They can also climb 30 feet. And any medium or smaller creature uh, that get attacked and hit by it are automatically grappled by its sticky legs. Ugh. Yeah, pretty gnarly. Now, there's a bunch of other spiders. There's giant spider, giant wolf spider, fiendish giant spider, sword spider, phase spider, ice spiders, and a bunch of others that I'm not mentioning as well. The best one there, which I'm not going to give you, is a fiendish giant spider because it has an AC of 13, and while it only has 18 hit points, it has spider climb, web sense, web walker, poison bite, blind sight out to 10 feet, dark vision. It's immune to poison and being poisoned, and is resistant to cold, fire, and lightning. 
Alright. So it's going to take damage, but it's going to shrug off a lot of it. Um, the worst one is a giant wolf spider. I wouldn't even fucking bother. The sword spider is pretty neat because it has um, a poison bite and it's the only one with tremor sense. All the others have web sense. But mm. weirdly enough, only the giant spider and giant wolf spider, they're the only ones that can actually cast web. That can actually make a web. All the rest of them don't have web. Like, they all got, like, web sense, web walker, but they can't make can't new make webs. their own webs. In, in initiative, right? So Interesting. Yeah. So, but the sword spider has tremor sense. It has multi-attack, and the idea is that its um, limbs are so sharp that they're like swords when you get hit by it. Um, and then the phase spider, which is one of my favorite. I would love to give this to a player at some point. They've got a poison bite. They've got dark vision. They've got all of the spider climb web walker shit. Uh, but they also have ethereal jaunt. So if you're on it, it'll take you to the ethereal plane. Yeah, so cool thing about these guys is my party just came across a bunch of these phase spiders in Dungeon of the Mad Mage. And they're like, oh, well, this area is covered in webs. We're just going to light it on fire. But they phased into the ethereal plane. Yeah. So they didn't get damaged by the fire. So all the webs are gone, and they go walking in all cocksure. And then yeah. all of a sudden, all the spiders descend on them again. And they're like, what the hell? Yeah. It was great. Absolutely loved it. Fuck you, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point out, these are littered throughout the books. Every book seems to have its own unique kind of spider. Like um, Storm King's Thunder gave us ice spiders. Minsk and Boo's Journal of Villainy gave us a sword spider. Out of the Abyss gave us the fiendish giant spider. And there's so much fucking more than that. Um, again, the fiendish giant spider is the best. You're not really going to get wrong with any of them, but the Steeder's the clear winner for me. Um, but the problem is that you've got to find them. Yeah. And... Tame them. <laughs> yeah, it's that's not likely to happen. I also think it's... The problem with it is its name. Steeder? Yeah. I need a steed. Oh, let's go get a steeder. steeder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not wild about it either. Other things that are worth mentioning again is you're not going to ride a drider, even though it has rider as, yeah, no. you know, five-sixths of its fucking name. Um, and you're also not going to ride a Tlin Kali, which is the centaur um, scorpion, right? So the scorpion king. Those things are large size and they're in... Mad Mages, or no, uh, they're in Monsters of the Multiverse. So. The Driders are in Mad Mage. They're all over the place in Mad yeah. Mage. Yeah, uh, and you can find those ones in the, their Monster Manual. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but they've been around forever. So anyway, those are all of the mounts that I ran across that were not... There's a fuck ton of flyers. Like, who's riding a snake? I'm, yeah. I'm sure that you can get some huge-sized snake that you on T are riding, yeah, but I'm not going to get into it. But, yeah. and, uh, and I didn't get into the, like, you can ride a manta ray or ride a shark if you're a... Triton and like we will get into that shit in the future, but they seem a little sillier to me. Sure. Um, and of course, you can ride anything. You can ride a fucking gray render yeah. if you wanted. You can ride a baboon if you want to get in a little backpack like a papoose, right? Like, but for a giant baboon, like you can ride anything if it's bigger than you. But at some point as well, at like you're not riding it. No. I would put a saddle on a brontosaurus. That's a cool visual. Sure. Like a number of saddles all the way down. I do. But it, you're, you're not going to do it on a tarasque, right? Yeah, I would. I do it some sort of small hut, like I would with the olifant. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so there are a lot of cool options in there, but uh, that's everything that I managed to find in fifth edition to this point. All right. Well, with all of that, I think we've got a few questions we can cover. Jesus, Jesus how did you miss twice? Try again. It, it is a like dice tower. I don't know how you're doing this. 13. 17. I'm going last with the I'm three. First, this Talking is my Talking to yourself apparently. again. Yeah. All right, so first question. Uh, do you like dinosaurs in your D&D? &D? 
my answer is only under very specific circumstances, and they damn well better be rare. Uh, I don't want. I don't like them littered throughout my D and D. I can understand maybe in certain areas or regions, but I I generally don't like to include them. Yeah, I'm with you there. Like they they exist in the world absolutely. There may be that one time that there's a Tyrannosaurus terrorizing a small village that you need to go and save it from, but it is going to be rare. Uh, that being said, I mean, we're going to run into them in the Mad Maids. It's Hallister's menagerie of monsters, yeah. right? Yeah. They're going to be down there. It makes sense. Uh, you're going to find one maybe in a holding cell on some sort of ship uh, out of um, uh, Monsters of the Multiverse. You know, I, I can sure. see someone grabbing it and, you know, taking it around. I have no problem adding a plesiosaur to an aquatic sure. campaign. I don't have problems with, with pterodactyls in a like an air campaign, okay. right? Yeah. And all, all the times that you run into jungles and rainforests and stuff, you expect to see them. They're yep. fundamental in Everon. You need to have them in yeah. Everon. Yeah, and I think they're fundamental for things like um, Chult as well, right? Sure. However, I put them in all over the place. And the reason I like doing it is because it's a fucking rug pull on my players who are expecting Dragon. Sure. Right? When when there is the um, the language barrier and the... Uh, the terrible lizards are coming, right? Yeah. And like, oh my god, it's it's dragons. Sure. The very first encounter that uh, that my players ran into, the very first one, way 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 back when they were level eight, and they fell out of a portal and woke up in a in the fucking mud, and they ended up walking around trying to find out where they were in the world. They ran across this deafening roar from a big loud lizard sounding, and they're like, oh shit, there's a dragon nearby, and they came across. A dead green dragon being eaten, scavenged by two T-Rexes. Nice. And and both of the T-Rexes were fucked up. So they were level eight and like right. on their back foot. And they had a real like real hard time killing those two T-Rexes who were real damn. And then they could hear more of them roaring in the distance. Like, alright, we need to fucking go. These things clearly something killed the green dragon. Yeah. These things are eating them, or whatever it was, fucked them up too. And so they're like here's the scary world I'm in. Yeah. So I like dinosaurs for that. I also like having hunts. We go out on a dino hunt. Sure. Right? So that's that's fun and, and yeah. flavorful for rangers. In, in D&D, I've got so many other creatures to choose. They're just not my go-to. I, I'm not against them. I don't dislike dinosaurs. It's just not when, what I choose. When I want a beast that's fantastical but not magical, sure. I will find a dinosaur. Right? Sure. So... Um, in Lord of the Rings, Tolkien makes a point about how Gandalf's steed Shadowfax is an intelligent creature who will not bear a saddle and chooses his rider specifically. Um, if a player wants a similar connection to their mount, uh, what would they have to do to get you as a DM to agree to forego a saddle and a bit and a bridle? Um, in my case, I, it's exactly that, right? They would have to have some sort of relationship with the steed. It would have to be something... It, it would have to be some sort of intelligent creature to forego bit and bridle and saddle. You're talking not a unicorn because not, it's, yeah, it's intelligent, sure. intelligent, but like Pegasus, Nightmare. Sure, yeah, something that's, along those lines. That's what the Valinar Steed is for, right? Yeah. That's what I think that that... And the, and the Felidar is another one. Like, yeah. they're meant to bond with their rider. Exactly. I was going to say, I think that if maybe you had a player who was all about you know, being mounted in combat sure. and made a bond with their mount yep. right from a young age and trained it. And like, it was very much involved in their character. Yeah, sure. Fine. Absolutely. But yeah. It, just, your standard run of the mill beast isn't getting that. You are not right. going to hop on a horse and not be able. Exactly. Yeah. No, you need to, there needs to be some sort of connection and this thing needs to be either specially, very specially trained or intelligent of its own right. Yep. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, how quickly do you let your characters tame wild mounts straight up? I don't. 
unless I generally they have to buy their mounts. There's just not enough time in game for someone to train a mount. Unless you have something that you're pulling behind and your downtime is spent on it. Like how long does it take to break a horse? It's not a simple task. You better either have like a week or a couple weeks worth of downtime in a town and you've actually got time to break a creature or else you're finding one that's pre-broken. Animals take a lot of time and it's not just downtime. It takes yeah. the, the uptime too, right? Exactly. And uh, it, the, no, I, I don't think I've ever had a player do it. I'm not sure I would. You, you got to buy it unless it's worked into something specific. Yeah. I've had them gifted. Like the wyverns were gifted sure. by a witch, right? Yeah. Like Sure. Uh, Someone else so has already done the work to exactly, break Exactly, right? Um, I let Casey... Just tame. So they had a bunch of lizard folk um, guides through the desert. Yeah. And they, you guys found a bunch of giant lizards. And so the lizard folk were training them. They knew how to deal sure. with them. They knew the noises to make to calm them and stuff. And so slowly over time, Casey ended up getting one of these. Sure. Right. But that took us Agnes. weeks in game. Agnes, yeah, yeah was yeah. the. Um, I, I guess the one exception to that is maybe I would let my druid do it more quickly. Like the ability to actually speak with an animal would allow you to shorten some of that time, I think. Right? Again, it depends on the race, too. Like, elves yeah. and furbolgs are going to be able sure, to do it. Uh, and gnomes and halflings, even, maybe, depending on the animal. Right? I, I disagree. I think that you could speak with it, but, I mean, the idea of breaking a wild horse is... Sure. You're, you're breaking its spirit, right? Absolutely. And you're not going to do that with a conversation. And, and your druid is not breaking <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I've had my spirit broken by some fucking <laughs> Oh, yeah, no. We go out of our way to break Dan's spirit with conversation all the time. Yeah, that's why he's not on the podcast yeah. anymore. Yeah, so. that's right. <laughs> that bitch. Like, I, and a druid I don't see as breaking a horse so much as coming to an understanding with a horse, right? Yeah, and th which would go back to that conversation about shadow facts. Like, yeah. that's where that makes sense to me. But there's some there's some animals that don't need to be broken. Yeah. Right? Like I, I you would you have to break a fucking goat. Those things are willful as shit. But I'm not sure you have to break a cow. Yeah. If you have an ox just pulling your wagon and you put somebody on the back of it, yeah, it's gonna be pretty it's like you're not gonna charge into battle with it, but no. like for beasts of burden, there's you I'm get... more likely to hey, we ran across this random mule out in the road, nobody's yeah. around to claim it. We will hitch it to the wagon. You, you got an right. injured party member that needs to ride on the back of something. Hey, yeah. we've got this oxen that was pulling it. Now we need. Yeah, to an ox isn't going to kick him off. Or yeah, yeah. so like it depends on the animal too. I think to a degree, yeah. but the more the moment you get into that exotic shit like giant toads, those things leap. Yeah, right. You have to be proficient in that absolutely. Shit, so. Yeah. Um. So you listed how what was it? One hundred and twenty <laughs> different yeah. creatures. Um. Any that stand out to you as a favorite? Um, I'll go with Ankylosaurus is my favorite dinosaur. Really? It is. That's a unique answer, and I fucking love it. That's yeah, a great it, answer. it's my number one go-to. I've got two boys at home. We talk about favorite dinosaurs a lot. <laughs> so I've had a lot of time to think about this, and I've settled on Ankylosaurus. So if I am going with a dino, that's my go-to. Otherwise, I really like... I'm, I'm a basic bitch. Warhorse. They're meant to do the job. They're good for it. If I'm playing a character that cares a lot about a mount... Mm-hmm. I'm going to want a character uh, warhorse because it's going to do what I want it to do. Yeah. Fair. Uh, is there one that stands out? I think the idea of riding a war pig into battle is hilarious. You know, your barbarian riding that tiny yep. little pig. I think that's absolutely wonderful. We can all yeah, yeah, yeah. visualize your, your barbarian. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's that's someone else. That's I know. I now have yeah. war pigs playing in my brain. Exactly right. So like, I think that there's the novelty of them. I think that there are a lot of ways that you could make. Uh, a PC riding an animal to be hilarious, mm -hmm. and that's what I'm all about when it comes to mounts. Other than that, of I'm course. not going to use them for anything serious. Uh, if, if it's going to, 
be in combat, uh, it's probably the oxen have been killed and the cart is blocking the path now. Sure. Uh, that kind of thing. I'm going to use them as a as a, um, a Set physical barrier, not a not a dynamic one, right? So fair. I'm gonna look. There's some interesting ones: the giant strider, the felidar, the valinar sure. steed. Like there are some that are meant to be fucking mounts that are fantastical and interesting. And really flavorful, and I feel it would really fit in some campaigns. Very cool, and I'm all about it. But I, I don't give a shit about mounts. No. I don't. I care more about my vehicles. Yeah. If, I, if I can be perfectly honest, I want them... Uh, we almost always have a cart that can carry a certain number of people, but not everyone traveling together. Oh, yeah, so, and I'm going to yeah. put the time into going into detail about what the cart is doing, what's in the cart, what's on the cart. But I don't care about the horses. I'll tell you this right now. When I get get a big covered wagon, there are two people sitting in the front, one person driving and one person carrying a heavy crossbow, and then there are four rows in the back, which is enough room for you to either store a barrel or a person. Sure. Right? But the back of it is wide open. There's no flaps or anything there, so you can shoot out the back if you need to. But it's still not enough for the whole party because they're going to pile NPCs on. If you guys are doing wagons, we're doing wagon trails. Yep. right? And so then there's people on mounts around sure. as guards or the monk running beside or whatever it is. And if that's the case, I, like I'm horses. I, like maybe yeah. one person's riding a giant elk or like sure. just to be Your flavorful. Your druid's doing something special. Yeah, but like honestly, I don't... Yeah, I, I want to ride a dragon. Yeah, That's the answer, right? <laughs> that's the thing I want to ride. It's in yeah. the name of the fucking game, so... Fair. Uh, think about your last D&D character, Adam. I guess that's going to be tougher for you. Um, if they were to have a mount, what would it be? Now, my most recent character is Thundar, the Storm Sorcerer. Fuck. We've been over this a few times. Unfortunately, and thinking about this question had me thinking about something that's missing for me. Elementals. Why can you not tame and ride an elemental? Some of them are. The, the giant strider is yeah. now an elemental. Like, I would there. want some sort of storm elemental for... My storm sorcerer to ride on the back of. The problem is that elementals are based from that element, and you will take yeah. elemental damage. I, yeah. a lot I of mean, the time, again, so. my storm sorcerer is immune to that damage, so it's not an issue. I'd yeah. probably just like, change it up and make them like ride a zorn sure. instead of an earth elemental. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, some sort of storm elemental is really what I would want him to ride. In reality, beyond that, um, he was a hobgoblin, so you know something along those lines. Um, Right, we talked about. I'm uh, sorry, was a hobgoblin. He is sorry, is a hobgoblin. Okay, all right. No, still alive at this yeah. point. Now he's just a goblin. Jan hasn't yeah. killed him yet, but yeah. Uh, what were well, those? Well, well, then a warg. Like, yeah, war, that's what I was gonna say. A warg would be kind of a good fit. We have a hobgoblin uh, fatal axe. Um, that's her rank, but yeah. um, but she's got a warg named Agram, and somehow those two both survived the fucking desert. The purge. Levels. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> You guys lost some NPCs. <laughs> At one point, there were like 40 NPCs, and we got down to seven by the end. Wow. They all got turned into pigeons, and then they got put into a bag, and then that bag got wielded like a mace, and <laughs> there was a paste. You know, it happens. You know, it's standard D&D stuff. Yeah, you know, goop sack, you know. That's not even a joke. No, that's that's standard D&D No, I know, stuff. but it, it was a goop sack. It was a goop sack. So, but not like capital G yeah, goop sack. So, yeah. um, but anyway, so they both survived. Agram was really fun to play as... Yeah. Is a temperamental evil aligned, but like we're on the same side. I'm in yep. the army. I'll follow you, right? Sure. So like getting a warg would be a lot of fun. Yeah, warg would be yeah the next choice. But really, I do want to ride a you know air or storm, some sort of storm elemental into battle. What about you? You're playing a fairy right now. 
I don't know. I like I I fly. I don't think I'm super interested in any kind of mount at all. But if I was, it would be something Feywild, something big and extravagant and um, like a dragonfly. Uh, I was thinking like a um, like a giant uh, dragonfly. That'd be no, cool. like a, a fairy dragon. Is that what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah There's yeah, fairy yeah. dragons. Yeah, 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 something like that, or like a pseudo dragon, or something, something small, right? But sure. you know, has some personality. I think pseudo dragons are probably not going to let you do that. No, not so much. But you know, Fa- fairy dragons either they will not. I'll but but I can see a fae making some sort of you know, deal. To, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what about Zenthos? You should have had a Felidar. Uh, I feel like he would have been offended by the offer of someone telling him to ride something into battle. For the listeners, it was a um, Leonin Leonin barbarian. Yeah, so. and he was very. He was confidently incorrect, but he would he would make a lot of poor choices. Everyone else, no, I will not do that. I am going to run into battle. And like, it's, it's always fun to play yeah. yourself in D anD. d Dave went up. Dave at level. You want to see my warriors, main? <laughs> no. At, at, at level one, they were trying to escape a series of dungeons, and I ran. I gave them gelatinous cubes to push them out. Right. Yeah. Dave's character ran forward. Barehanded, no weapons, yeah. and punched a gelatinous Excellent. cube, and lived to tell the tale. That is a true barbarian. That's a that's I, how you know they deserve to be a barbarian. I also killed a purple worm at level two. So that sounds like shenanigans, and that'll it, be a, it, it, it was shenanigans. That, that'll be a later conversation. It was shenanigans, yeah. So, um, I guess you could ride a purple worm, but only if you are, you know, Dan, you know, in a Dune movie. So or Beetlejuice. I got a purple worm you can ride. <laughs> God. Damn it! Can we move on to the next thing now? <laughs> no, let's let's linger here for a minute. Uh, hold on, who was my last character? My yeah. the last character that I played was, I guess Bargus, the my dwarf. Again, I'd have given him a cart, like you would have had. A, sure. Uh, what uh, would pull it then? I guess. He was a bit of a gentle soul, so it would have been like an ox. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I just I thought I um you mentioned the elementals. Sure. Uh, we had in our Eberron campaign that I was talking about earlier, the multi-module yep. campaign, there was a, a, a cart that they imbued an elemental into it, and it that gave you fast yep. travel. Sure. Uh, actually, Typical Eberron stuff. Yeah, yeah and they, they do that in their airships, right? Mm-hmm. And we discovered in the last session, Dave, you weren't there for it, that's the deal with your air balloon, is there's an elemental, an air elemental, that is pissed, that is trapped inside of it, and there's a rune keeping it in place. And Miek is the captain of the ship and in charge of this rune. So. Excellent. That's going to go really well. Yeah. <laughs> i got to stop missing sessions. <laughs> <laughs> As the flyer, you should have been the captain, but you weren't there. You got voted. I will mutiny. It's fine. <laughs> Excellent. PHB provides us with uh, five specific vehicle types, um, and Iceman Dale gives us one more. Uh, so let's quickly touch on different vehicle types that are in you know base D&D before moving on to more fantastical things. So in the PHB, we have a cart, which can be purchased for 15 gold pieces, weighs 200 pounds. Again, we kind of discussed the difference between these things. It's flavor, realistically. Uh, Next on the list is a sled, which will run you about 20 gold pieces, weighing in at 300 pounds. Sled, I would not limit to just snow. I think any sort of slick enough surface, I think Mm -hmm. it can be pulled along. Right? We always think snow sleds, but I think in reality... In my head, they're called sledges. Like okay, yeah. when when you just have rails that you can yeah. drag across mud exactly. and, sure. and smooth surfaces, right? Absolutely. So. Yeah. So three hundred gold pe- or two, 20 gold pieces for one of those and three hundred pounds is what it weighs. A wagon's gonna run you through thirty-five gold pieces, weighing in at four hundred pounds, and a carriage will take one hundred gold pieces from your pocket and weighs in at six hundred pounds. 
If you're wanting something a little more exotic and something you can actually bring into combat, a chariot may be more your speed and it's going to run you 250 gold pieces and weigh in at 100 pounds. Right. The chariot is really the only one that you're taking into combat here. It's specifically designed for that purpose. Yeah. You're riding on the back of it, and you damn well better have proficiency in land vehicles, mm -hmm. if you're even going to ask me to have one. Um, Icewind Dale gives us one more vehicle, and that is the dog sled, costing 20 gold pieces, weighing in at 300 pounds. I can carry only one passenger, which is the driver, and dogs are not included. It's interesting that the sled dog is available in yes. Rise of Tyr when DMX, you brought that so. up, I, they kind of... Tilted my head a bit and thought that's an odd place for that. Yeah, just so. don't give him to Terry. He shoots those. <laughs> shoots them. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Uh, and and so like that's the difference. The only difference is that it looks like a husky, right? Yeah. Instead of a mastiff, they it's just call just it the a sled dog, but yeah. it's a it's a yeah. husky. So so use the mastiff stat block by them. That's easy enough. Yeah, if you don't have rise of team, otherwise sled dogs are superior. They get pack tactics. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. And you get more than one if you have a sled, right? Yes. Uh, it, you know what was really interesting? It did not specify in the book how many you needed. Typically, I would say three to four minimum. Well, I'm going to look at the carrying capacity or the driving sure. capacity. The driving capacity, And yeah. then I'm going to, you know, figure my knight in shining armor, the weight of the sled, sure. and the, then so the, sled, the gear, right? So the sled so. weighs 300 pounds. Divide that by five, right? Because sure. your drag, your pull capacity is five times your carrying capacity. Yeah. So um, And that, that'll give you how many dogs you need. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I talked about it a few times, if you are proficient with land vehicles, you can add your proficiency modifier to any checks made to control these vehicles. All right, otherwise, if you're not proficient, good luck. I mean, depending on what you're doing, it's most likely going to be a straight dexterity check. Yeah. Uh, just to control the vehicle. And then, yeah, you add your vehicle proficiency on top of that. Again, eh, there's an argument to be made for animal handling. It's only if the animals that get spooked yeah. or they try to separate for exactly. whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, you're dealing with trained animals, right? You yeah. don't really have to be proficient with that to sure. make them go. All right, well, I got the next part, the best part here, the Infernal Machines. The exotic vehicles. I love these things. These are absolutely fun. They're all out of um, the Baldur's Gate descent into Avernus. Avernus. We'll check that out. I, always, out I want to call it Avernus because it rhymes with Furnace. Yeah, Avernus feels right to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, we'll I, I'm not going to argue with anybody who says Aver Avernus. But Avernus sound, feels more like um, Avarice, which yeah, is, sure. I mean, it's a level of hell and yeah. a deadly sin. So, like, I'm good either way. Pick your I, flavor. I'm probably just going to switch back and forth between them, to be honest. As, as I'm not know. touching yeah. that with a 10-foot pole. You're welcome to. Uh, <laughs> if, if it's 10 feet, you're more than welcome. And yeah. this is when you're happy. This is an audio medium. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so all of these uh, infernal vehicles are built in the Nine Hells, and they're fueled by souls of the damned. They're all made of infernal iron, which is just iron out of the, the Nine Hells. It's nothing special. It doesn't do anything other than that, really. In my head, it's iron that's been pulled out of blood, because it's like blood oh. seas and stuff. So, nice. <laughs> so, so they forge that, it with blood. Rather than mining it, they just yeah. have some sort of device to pull it out. I like no, it. No, but, but that's actually an interesting idea. Maybe for one of the special ones, you can yeah. do something like that. Uh, the engines have a, a deep bassy roar uh, with, and it specifically says, an undertone of agonized screams. Excellent. The, the only time I've ever heard that ever, exactly as it's described, is the Batmobile and the Batman. Huh. When it yeah. revs up, like, I'm pretty sure there's agonized screams in the engine of that fucking beast. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Yeah. 
they can break, they can be repaired, they can malfunction, and all of the that stuff is covered in various things. I'm not going to break down every single mechanic for all of them. But, no, no, no. Uh, I mean, by the book, it is worth it. These things are great. Yeah, the book is worth it for these. For there, this alone. There absolutely. are chase mechanics for when you're in these. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's all sorts it's, of cool stuff. It's, you're it's supposed a, to be Mad sleep, Max, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a sleeper book. Yeah. Yes. Like, pick this book up if you don't have it. Absolutely. It's... Got a ro- rocky start when you're yeah. running the adventure, sure. but like by the time you get yeah. mid, it's, it's got like, a lot of this, really cool flavor. Listen yeah. to the episode on this because it's worth a listen, and that'll really sell you on it if you want it. All right, into yeah. the you know going back in time here. Do you guys ever play a video game called Brutal Legends? Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about, Adam? No. It's was the one with um, Jack, Black. Jack Black. He is a oh, roadie, yes, and he gets yes, killed yes. and goes to hell and has to like make the the yeah. legion of headbangers that run around and like yeah. headbang their enemies to. Um, headbang the enemies to death, yeah. and uh, and so on. But it's all it's all very much this kind of theme as well. Very very much the same flavor. Uh, the carrying capacity for all of these uh, uh, machines. It'll talk about how many creatures it can hold and how much cargo it can hold, and that is absolutely one hundred percent open for interpretation. When it says that it can fit one creature or eight creatures, it means comfortably. You want to jam more in there? You go right ahead. And that's also assuming medium size. Yeah, that, it would. It it does say one medium creature okay. or eight medium creatures. Uh, Sixteen if you hack them up right. <laughs> yeah, you can do a lot more if you hack them up right. Uh, but if you want to hold on to the outside or jump on top or whatever, you can do that as well. You can fit a lot of people on some of these. This does feel Mad Maxy. It very much does. Not uh, by accident. No, the AC of all of them uh, is 19 plus their dexterity because these things do have stat blocks. Okay, but it's modified. And I'll kind of get into that in a second. The they when they're stationary, things attacking them get attacks um, with advantage. Sure. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. their dex is their big. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so their strength, kind of think of it as like their size and weight. Sure. Their dexterity is their handling and maneuverability, and their constitution is their durability and quality. Intelligence, wisdom, and charisma are all at zeros. They do have a score. It's not just a dash. It's a zero. So it mm. automatically fails any save that requires those. Okay, cool. Okay. It is not a creature if it says... Yeah, because it doesn't die creature. when it reaches zero. It, yeah. Holy shit, you can charm them? Well, uh, how they, does... They'd, they'd automatically fail, fail a, a sleep... Spell? I well no because sleep targets a creature and they are not creatures and they are not creatures right okay yeah there's gonna be a lot of yeah target humanoid or target creature okay okay right like All you right. can't you can't target if you can target a cart you can target one of these machines sure yeah. but if if it targets only you know you, if you, you can dodge yeah. a wrench exactly yeah. exactly uh, their hit points can be restored by repairing again there's a huge section on how to do repairs. It's uh, more than it, just mending. It, it, it is it, no, it's, it's legit. Involved, yeah, there, yeah. there's some stuff. I'll, I'll bring it a little bit more in a sec here. Uh, if it drops to zero hit points, it breaks and cannot be repaired. Oh, that's important. If it hits zero, it is broken and will not be fixed again. And all of the souls in the soul furnace get uh, released to the afterlife. I'm sorry, the soul furnace. Yes. That's so all of things. all of these infernal machines run on what are called soul coins. Now, in the helm or wherever you are, uh, the driver, there will be a coin slot, and you put a soul coin in the coin slot, and depending on how many charges, you get X amount of time out of the... It's an amusement park game. Essentially. Can you, you said slot, right? <laughs> he did say slot. S-L-O-T. No. Just... <laughs> no, no, I said coin slot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
So it's not it's not an amusement park. It's a casino. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, uh, they all have a damage threshold, uh, which means that they can just shrug off a certain amount of damage. If, for instance, their damage threshold is 10 and you do 15 damage, it's only going to take 5. It does not matter what damage type that is. This is just damage reduction from previous editions. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, okay. Uh, it also has a mishap threshold, so there is a chart of mishaps. If it takes damage from a single source that is in excess of its mishap threshold, then you must roll on the mishap table. So, if the mishap is 20 and it takes 25 damage from a single hit then you have to roll on the mishap table. Sure. Okay. Uh, they run on soul fuel. Like I said, each machine runs on a furnace uh, that runs on these soul coins. One charge is equal to 24 hours of runtime, and these coins can have multiple charges. Cool. When you put a coin into the coin slot, it, it automatically banks all of those charges into the furnace. So if the coin has three charges and you put it in, it burns all three coins. Now, it's going to last 72 hours, but you're not getting those back. If you only drive it for 24, you're not getting all the It's all burned, yeah. Right? So there's no getting this back. Once right. it is in, it does not come back. This machine does not give change. No. Uh, and the coin, yeah, like I said, it's instantly consumed. Uh, the souls that are trapped in the coin become trapped in the furnace after this. And divine intervention cannot restore a soul that has been used as soul fuel. Really? Yes. Uh, the furnace can hold an infinite amount of souls. And these screams are audible from up to 60 feet away. That's amazing. Almost feels like it should be larger, but I'm okay with it. Right? Uh, there is another little cool thing that you can do. They've added NOS to this uh, in, in, the, uh, in the version of Demon Icker. Okay, there's Excellent. a little flask. Uh, you pour it in. You know, we're space balls. You know, yeah. your space balls. You open the flame and pour the fluid in, and they yeah. got a yeah. you know, the ludicrous speed. Ludicrous speed. Yeah, they've yeah. gone to plat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can do that with the that. demon icker as well. So pour uh, the flask. At, at what point do you spend a number of sequels talking about family? <laughs> you beat me to it. Okay. <laughs> right next. Uh, pouring the flask into there. the furnace increases the vehicle speed by thirty feet for one minute. But when you pour the flask in, you have to roll a d twenty. On a d one, the furnace ruptures and breaks irreparably. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so it's a low chance, but, but if you, you always have a five percent chance. It's a five percent chance. Yeah, exactly. So that's actually a pretty high chance if you really think about it. It's the it's the Han Solo moment of all right. Well, watch this, and then nothing happens. <laughs> right. Uh, all of these infernal machines uh, are prone to anti magic fields. Uh, which will render them completely useless. Uh, yeah. It will stop them from working, it will stop the furnaces from working, and it will make all of the weapons that are on the outside, the turrets and stuff, inoperable. Yeah. Okay? Uh, it doesn't say specifically what happens to those souls in the furnace when it enters, but it just says that the furnace is rendered inoperable. Okay. So if they enter it... I'm assuming it's just gone. I, I would assume that as yeah. well. Uh, I might play with that if it was, you know... Sure. If they burned an important soul that they were keeping for a special occasion... You know, maybe we'll do something, but, uh, you know. Teach them a lesson. I, al I also love the idea that you might not be able to control which soul gets yeah. gets eaten first. So, like, if the soul coin goes in and they need that soul, so they cast anti-magic field on it. And so, okay, can we get the other souls out? Roll a D6. If you roll a 1 or a 2, the answer is it's gone. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's... Yeah, you can have some fun with this, yeah. right? Like, it's there. It, it is fairly straightforward and explains it quite well. Yeah. Uh, but there is a little wiggle room. You can you can make sure. it your own with all things 5th edition, right? Yeah. 
Uh, all of the machines require a driver and they use their bonus action to start or stop the machine. They can use their bonus action to take a dash or disengage action with the vehicle. Uh, and they can use the bonus action to insert the coin or a flask into the furnace. There are four kinds of machines in the book and I'm just going to kind of quickly give you a little bit of rundown each one. Yeah. There is the first one is the Devil's Ride. This is essentially a motorcycle. Each one in the book, they give you a little blurb to describe them, and I'm just going to read each one because they're short and sweet, and they really yeah, encapsulate the it well. Uh, a Devil's Ride is a two-wheeled infernal war machine that handles like a motorcycle. It has spiked wheels, a screaming engine, and a cowl shaped vaguely like a grinning devil's visage, with horns for handlebars. What the vehicle lacks in weapons, it makes up for with speed and maneuverability. I love the idea that the front of it is the face of the truck from Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to unsee that now. <laughs> Only people born in the 80s are going to truly appreciate <laughs> that. Right. Jesus. Uh, this, this motorcycle, this Devil's Ride, does have a stunt function. You can do wheelies and stuff on it. But the, by far its coolest effect is the jump uh, feature. If you drive with uh, in a straight line for at least 30 feet, you can jump any gap up to 60 feet. Now, it still takes your movement. I think the movement's sure. like 120 feet for these guys. You still got to have that movement. Yeah. But you can make these jumps. I think that's fucking right. Would, would you yeah. consider... Okay, so we're in hell, right? Would this be considered like an evil Knievel? Oh, boo. All right, next. I don't yeah. usually boo you, but that one earned it. Uh, you worked hard for yeah, that, yeah. boo. Cut that, cut that, cut that. Uh, <laughs> the next one we have is the Tormentor. Uh, the blurb out of the book. The Tormentor handles like a dune buggy and is designed for raiding and scouting. Bladed iron wheels drive the vehicle forwards. So I'm thinking like these are saw blades for tires kind of thing, yeah. right? Uh, the That's a dune buggy stuck in my head. Little dune <laughs> buggy <laughs> in my hand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Tormentor can hold four medium creatures and its carrying capacity is 500 pounds. This is a small sedan, Yeah. right? The coolest thing about... The uh, the Tormentor is the Harpoon Flinger. It's a plus 7 hit. It does 2d8 plus 2 damage. It's got a range of 100 feet. Jeez, uh, but it does require an operator. You have to have someone manning sure. the I, I love the idea that it doesn't shoot it. It just flings it. Like, it's going to land yeah. spear end in, but it's just hurtling <laughs> yeah. through the air and overhead. Like, like one of those addle addle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like a harpoon in a trebuchet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually picturing this thing now as like more of a side by side than a dune buggy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, like you know a what? Metal side by side. Do you know what I like is uh, Jurassic Park going back to dinosaurs here. Jurassic Park with the the, the cock or the the cockpit is what I was gonna say. <laughs> oh, I, what? Stopped, yeah, yeah. I stopped in the middle of that word. <laughs> Oops. Uh, but there's the side seat that like yeah, yeah. slides out. And and it's got can, the snare uh, on the end. Yeah, of yeah, it. yeah. I yeah, think that that would cool. be kind of like a. a that's yeah. not what this is, but I think that would be that'd be yeah, good flavor. Comparable, for right? Uh, the next one we have, oh, sorry, I didn't, uh, no, I didn't tell you it was the harpoon flinger. The next one we have is the demon grinder. A demon grinder is a bulky armored coach that rumbles loudly as it crushes obstacles and enemies in its path with the help of a swinging wrecking ball. Iron jaws are mounted to the front of the vehicle, which handles like a garbage truck. Excellent. Uh, this can hold eight medium creatures and a carrying capacity of one ton. Again, garbage truck. Yep. Right? These things are big. Uh, they are going to just kind of mow through whatever. And consume anything in their path. Exactly. Yeah, they're they're going to come in like a wrecking ball. No, one of the things that uh, specifically Miley went over. not included. <laughs> Damn. Uh, I don't know. It's in the night house. She it's, might she It's might extra, there, though. Yeah. It's not included. <laughs> okay, okay. The, uh, the demon grinder here, it's um, really cool ability. is called the chomper. 
Uh, it gets a plus nine to hit. It does 66 plus four piercing damage. And it essentially just like chomps on the front. A target that is reduced to zero hit points from the chomper is ground up and spit out uh, pipes that are coming I'm pretty out. sure it's pronounced chopper. The chopper. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. <laughs> yeah, but no, if it, if it chomps you to death, it will just grind you up and spit you out the sides. It's pretty freaking badass in that manner. Cool. Uh, the scavenger is the fourth and final one. Uh, it handles like a small bus and is used to sift through battlefield detritus for scrap metal and other materials worth salvaging. Attached to the back of the vehicle is a swinging crane with an iron grappling claw fastened to the end of a winch and a 50-foot long chain. So these things, this is your boom truck. This is yeah. not your explosion boom, but you know, yeah. Yeah, big long arm boom. Again, this does eight medium creatures, uh, has a carrying capacity of two tons, uh, and is essentially a small bus. The grappling claw is the cool part of this. It's a plus 10 to hit. It's got 15 foot range. Uh, and if it hits, it grapples. Yeah. Hard stop. There's no save. There's no oppose. It, it, just, it gets it, just you. Grapples. It gets you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you know that there's a mini for the scavenger? That's cool. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. have the, the claw on the back of it, but like... If you're driving, don't look at it, but everybody else, you need to Google this thing. It is amazing. Yeah, it's available for 97 Canadian in fucking on Amazon. Jesus. There you go. Now, my question is, where is the ice cream truck with the clown face on the front? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> Twisted Metal shit. We are getting a movie. Yeah, Did you know that? Yes, yeah, so, oh, I'm well aware. It's a show. It's a show. Oh, is it a show? It's a show. Yeah. Fuck, that's even better. We get that. And like... the cast is outstanding, too, from right. UFC. Uh, okay. Let's not get derailed too far here. Hey, hey, hey. The, the, the... Yeah, the sure. rails come in the next segment. Yeah, the, the three larger vehicles here also have an ability called Crushing Wheels. One of the descriptions it says is that these are used to mow through squads of demons uh, to deposit troops behind enemy lines. This is where sure. your shock troopers come in and your demon wars, right? Sure. Cool. Uh, so it has oh, the the three larger ones have the crushing wheels ability, which essentially just will run over anything unless they get a deck save to get out of the way. But but it, if you don't get out of the way, you're toast. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna hurt a lot, right? So it's gonna do a lot of bludgeoning damage. There are also mishaps. If a one of the machines takes damage that is more than its uh, mishap threshold, or it fails an ability save by five or more, uh, you have to roll from the mishap table. Uh, one of the, uh, or just a couple of the, the items off of the table here. Locked steering. The vehicle can move in a straight line only. It automatically fails dex checks and dex saves until this mishap ends. You can fix that. There's a repair DC, but again, All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm, cool, I'm cool, getting cool. too granular here. Uh, the There are three different ways you can repair it. That's to um, uh, end a mishap, to remove a level of exhaustion, because these things do take levels of exhaustion, mm -hmm. uh, and restore hit points. Restoring hit points takes a fuck of a long time. If you are going to sit down and try to restore hit points, this is going to be something you do on your long rest. You're not going to do this as you're trying to get away. This, this is not. This doesn't happen in the middle yeah. of battle. Yeah. You need to have the tools on hand to do it. You need to have the parts on hand to fix it. And you cannot be driving it. Specifically says you cannot be at the helm. You have to be where the, the, right. where where the issue is. Yeah. Right. The other interesting thing that it covers is crashing them. Because if you have a vehicle, chances are you're going to crash it. Uh, upon crashing, it takes 1d6 damage for every 100 feet moved prior to crashing. So if you go 100 feet, you take 10d6 damage. Or the machine does, right? Sure. Uh, the structure or object that you hit takes the same amount of damage. Good. Yes. Creatures inside the machine, it doesn't say take any damage when it crashes. But if it falls off of a ledge, 
the creatures inside will take the bludgeoning damage like normal. Sure. Okay, they'll take that 1d6 for every... You're falling. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I'm sorry. I'm going to apply that to the crash as well. Probably, yeah. but it doesn't specifically say that. Maybe if they see belt in. Buck- cut that damage in half. Buckle up. It's the law. Oh, buckle up. There's upgrades you can do to these, okay? All right. So there's weapons. Uh, you... You can change out any of the weapons for any of the ones I'm about to cover, but you cannot add more. If the machine has two weapons, it only gets two weapons. So there's weapon slots. Yes. Gotcha. Uh, The first one is an acidic bile sprayer. It's right in the name. It sprays a 30-foot cone. Uh, It's a DC 12 deck save. 98 acid on a fail, half on a success. 98. And and if you are reduced to zero hit points, you are dissolved. Oh, excellent. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Isn't that great? That is so great. Uh, the other one is a, the second one is a flamethrower. It's a 60 foot line, five feet wide. The DC 15 is a deck save. It's 48 on a fail or half on a success. That's not that not much. Not as much. No. Uh, it does ignite flammable objects that aren't being worn or carried. Sure. The third one is Infernal Screamer. This targets one creature that's within 120 feet. And it's essentially, there's a guy that's sitting behind like a, a husk of a creature and it's got a crank, and like you would, you know, the old air raid yeah. sirens, you crank it, and this thing just wails. It targets one creature, it has to do a DC 15 wisdom save, or take 4d12 psychic damage, or half as much on a face. Damn. Look, if I saw Dave cranking it at me, I would take some psychic <laughs> I damage. Too. I infernally scream when I do it. There you go. Uh, the fourth and final weapon addition you can uh, mix and match here is the Sticks Sprayer. S-T-Y-X. Okay. Yes. That's very important. Yes. Uh, it has three uses. It can shoot out to 30 feet. Uh, it gets a plus five to hit. If you get hit with this water, it is water from the river Sticks. This is bad. This is bad. bad. This essentially yeah. casts the Feeble Mind spell on you. Yeah. you. You just become a husk of yourself. If you don't fix this within 30 days, it becomes permanent. If you are immune to effects of the river sticks, like uh, devils, I think. Is it demons or devils? Only some creatures. But so you, they're immune again. to this as yeah. well. Okay, yeah. so it's only... Sure. Right. It's not going to be your players. No. In addition to weapons, we also have armor. You can get Canian armor. This is uh, armor that's from uh, Cania, which is one of the levels, one of the nine levels of hell. Yeah. It is the coldest of the nine levels. Uh, this is essentially just like your cold steel, right? This is a uh, sure. normally your AC is nineteen plus dex. This is twenty two plus dex. Sure. Okay. Uh, and you're immune to cold damage. Uh, you are immune to the like being in cold temperatures. It's just it's cold sure. doesn't doesn't affect it. The next one is the gilded death armor. This vehicle is adorned by gold so that good. has been stolen or bartered from the archdevil Memon. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, he's the fucking... Accountant. Yeah, he's the accountant of hell, so... Yes. Now, this gold cannot be removed. If it's removed, it just turns to ash. If the vehicle is reduced to zero hit points, it turns to ash. It cannot be taken. It's just a gold vehicle. Uh, The the cool thing about it, though, the the benefit is that it gives you resistance, or it has resistance. It doesn't give you. The machine does. Have resistance to bludgeoning, slashing, and piercing damage. Okay. That's it. Uh, The third kind of armor is soul spike armor, and this one's my favorite. Uh, this machine that has soul spike armor is covered in spikes that are marked with blasphemous symbols. Wailing figures that are impaled uh, on these spikes are reaching out. And if a creature, uh, which is not a devil, dies within 30 feet, its soul is ripped out and is impaled on the spikes and it starts wailing uncontrollably. It's just surrounded by a bunch of Mortys. <laughs> oh, pretty much. Yeah. No. Pretty much. Uh, I didn't need that. 
<laughs> souls that are attached on the outside are uh, freed if the vehicle is destroyed, and a remove curse spell can render an individual spike inert. So if your beloved NBC is killed and added to it, you can remove it quite sure. simply. Now that was armor and weapons. There are gadgets. You guys ever play Spy Hunter? Yeah. Yes. There are gadgets, okay? There is the necrotic, <laughs> necrotic yep. smokescreen. Erotic smoke screen, got it. That's something else. Uh, this is just, it's reading the name, guys. Smoke screen. It is a bonus action by the driver to tr uh, toggle the switch, so this one doesn't require uh, an operator like the rest of them do. It releases a 30-foot cube of opaque smoke that is either in front or behind. Okay. Oh. It lasts for a minute. Creatures who start their turn or enter on their turn take 66 necrotic damage per turn they're in it. This is how you get rid of the bastards hanging on to the top of it yeah. trying to get in to you'll shoot in front of you and drive through it. Yes, yeah. you could absolutely do that, yeah. right? Cool. Uh, the cool. other one is the teleporter and that, I mean, it's right in the name, you teleport. Oh. The, the driver has to be able to see where you're going up to 300 feet and it's a bonus action to do it. But okay. it's, it's pretty pretty straightforward. Like catch up or escape. Those yeah. are your two. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, and that's that's really all there. Well, no, that's not all there is. There's a bunch more in the in the books, but it's got the basis covered. But, but yeah. go go buy the books. Yeah, They're, absolutely, it's worth it. Yeah. All right. Well, a couple questions based on that last discussion. Uh, let's roll some dice. I'll go first so you guys can knock my head around. Ten. <laughs> I had an eighteen. That is now a five. <laughs> I've got a nine. I'm not going first this time. Hey. All right, Adam. What tier would you give the party a mundane vehicle? So the the list that I gave you the uh, the moment that they have overland travel they have the opportunity to to hire an NPC or a lot of the times they don't even have to hire them they just have to book passage with people that are already going sure so I I often give vehicles very very early because now it's something to defend yep and I can add precious NPCs as fodder for my overland travel sure but if I'm just going two towns over meh, yeah meh, I don't yeah. care um I don't know that I'm giving the party their own at that point. I think early to mid-tier two is when I want to give them their own vehicle if that's something that they really want. Um, I think they do... Like you mentioned earlier, they need to experience some slogging on foot. Yeah. Right? It's also a good way to make travel a little more interesting in the early stages, right? The the, the world's a little more threatening, it feels. Mm -hmm. That's not necessarily true, but it certainly feels more threatening when you're stuck on foot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the mundane vehicles, they're going to have access to that pretty much right away. If you want to buy a cart at level one, if you got the gold for it, you go right ahead. Sure. Right? Yeah, I, I like it really doesn't matter. It's something to defend. It yeah. changes the battlefield a little bit. A little bit. The, you get more ambushes on the roads yeah. from intelligent creatures and and fewer from just beasts sniffing around, yeah. right? Like, yeah, if the players haven't sought one out by early to mid-tier two, then I'm giving them one. Yeah. Because I'm tired of dealing with... The slog on foot. What's your marching order? Although, yeah. although I do end up... Oh, there's still a marching order with the cart, because not everybody's always going to be on the cart. Well, what I end up doing is I draw a grid on my yeah. on my map, and I say, okay, place your mini where you in the cart. Yes. Right? You can either drive it, or sh or be the, the bodyguard at the front, or yeah. two people can shoot at the back. If it's covered, like if it's a carriage, you can't even do that. Sure. There's one door in and out. Yeah. And then now my, guys have, my enemies have flaming arrows. <laughs> exactly. Out. Perfect. Um, at what point would you give your party an infernal machine? Well, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> um, not unless I'm going down there and I can't give them the only one in existence. No. And I have to have a reason for there to be soul coins around to be able to be used. Yeah. So if I'm going to give them an infernal machine, they're not going to have the only one. 
And I'm not going to give them the motorcycle, right? Because that's not enough for the party. I need to give them one of the bigger ones, and then yeah. they got to get harassed by the other ones, and or a race across the desert or something. And again, evil campaign probably because yeah. you know you're, you're no burning qualms, souls. burning souls, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Um, or like even if you're even if you are a good campaign, but you're in hell, these are damned souls, so they're yes. bad guy souls for yeah, a reason. You can justify like, it. Yeah, you can find a way to. Look the other way, but I'm uh, probably not just going to willy-nilly hand this out. As cool as the fucking mini is. Yeah. yeah, they're very cool, but yeah, you're not giving these to your players. Just You better damn well be in Avernus, and you're going to be going head... You're doing a Mad Max thing if you're giving your players this, and it is going to be a arc. No, yeah. you guys are absolutely wrong. I am giving all of my level 1 players these motorcycles in the very first session, in the very first thing, and then they got to find soul coins. <laughs> can't use it until you get points. <laughs> right? Like, if they're going to wander around the Nine Hells... You got to start making your own soul coins. Yeah. Well, there's that. But uh, they're not going to be wandering around on horses. I feel like this is probably... There's enough customization to these that these are not rare relics that are just so hard to get your hands on. These are around. Okay? Yeah. They're absolutely around. There are probably going to be mechanic shops in towns to fix these, right? Like, this is going to be an industry based on these. You're going to yep. be able to stop and buy soul coins. It, yeah, oh, yeah, look, okay? there's going to sure. be pod racers. It's like pod yeah. racer shit, right? But, I so. mean, if if we had someone show up in modern day and start riding around on their horses around cars, it's going to look weird, right? So, mm -hmm. if my guys go to hell, and they all fucking better, um, they're going to get this to try to blend in with the surrounding. Sure. Yeah, right? they're like not going to be riding gonna... their mundane stuff around. Exactly. So, yeah, tier one right away. There you go. All right. Uh, would you let your players slap an infernal machine upgrade onto a mundane vehicle, Adam? Fuck yeah, absolutely I would. I'm more likely to do that than hand out an infernal machine right off the bat, right? Mm. If you are willing to go and steal that gold from an archdevil, yeah, throw it on your thing. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. You want to go through that just to be immune to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing? Yeah, you go right ahead. It's still in your regular mundane vehicle against these <laughs> infernal machines. <laughs> Good luck. No, but I'm thinking like you're you're heading out of water deep, and you've got a carriage, and you come across a, a, teleport. a, a, a portal from hell that like half closed, half an, uh, an infernal machine falls out, and you get the acid bile sprayer off the back of it to mount on your top of your carriage. Fuck yes. Who's gonna? You better yes, have an artificer or somebody around who's gonna know. Oh how to yeah, yeah, yeah that, right? No, no, because sorry, I didn't get into this. Is one of the like the bigger details that I wasn't gonna. Sure. The acid bile sprayer, it's a demonic organ that's actually, like, <laughs> built into it. And you, like, I don't know, stroke the gland to make it spurt. It's, like, it's, it's fucking weird. I made up the stroke and the gland yeah, sure, part, but, but like there, there is it's, a. It's pronounced glands. Yeah, there, there's, there's. <laughs> it's a typo. Strangely yeah. acidic too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there is like a the mechanism is is described in the book as being know, like so. biological. Yeah, and not it, like yeah, yeah. This is this that's, is organic. That's so fucking gross. I love it so much. Yeah. That's yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not gonna do it because it's gonna be a pain in my ass as a DM. It's going to bite me, and I'm going to have to deal with no, it. No, I'm going to do it because then I'm throwing waves and waves of enemies after I mean, they get all these cool sure. set pieces, and then it it's working, right? Yeah, like, it breaks. Th this is for, or it, it goes over a cliff, like yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, you're not giving this for a long time. Yeah, it's fun to give for a little while. Yeah. yeah. The teleport can be a lot of fun, too. Yeah. Yeah, or, or like the stick sprayer. They only get yeah. three uses, and then it's inert, sure. right? So mm. then, I mean, it's just a fire hose at that point. Sure. What else do you want to put in there? <laughs> 
Just about anything. Ale. <laughs> it's always the answer. Or whiskey. Um, would you, we kind of covered this a little bit, but would you uh, attach a moral or ethical toll to your players for their use of soul coins? Or would you just hand wave it? Absolutely I would. Yeah. Absolutely I would. Because I would have, and I don't think it's, I don't know what the lore is in 5th Ed, um, but the souls are damned for how long? I mean, not every damned soul becomes a devil or a demon and works its way yeah. up. But some of them are just damned. And are they damned for all eternity? Are they able to return back to life? Some souls cross the river sticks. Some comes back as ghosts. Yep. Like, death is not the end, right? Right. Especially considering that you've got goblins and and all the goblinoids and the orcs. Their afterlife is an eternal battle. Yes. Warriors go to Eastgard and fight for, like, justice and... And as champions for the rest of eternity. And, like, death is not the end by a fucking sight in 5th yeah. in edition. So, or at least in the Forgotten Realms. So, I don't know. If you're going to destroy a soul to oblivion, you'd better make sure that that was an evil necromancer of some kind. Like, you know what would be cool with the soul coins? Is the soul coin has uh, the picture and the name of the soul trapped inside. Except there's numbers of souls in them, right? right. and every time you flip it, you, so you, you flip to the other side, yeah. So you get to see the different yeah. faces all the way through until you figure out who the souls are. Yeah. And maybe, maybe those are the ledgers in the nine hells sure. to, to find out, you know, what souls are in what coins and yeah. shit like that. So that's how I would run it. You're doing yourself a disservice to just hand wave soul coins, right? It's yeah. a major set piece. Um, to, uh, to ignore them is to basically. Why are you even bothering with the infernal soul machines? coins? Get their own section that is yeah. apart from the infernal machines. Yeah. they are. They are an item. Again, listen to our Avernus episode because yeah. we touch on it a little more there. But yeah. yeah, you're doing yourself a massive disservice to not bring this in. Yeah. All right. Well, before we wrap this episode up, let's cut to our last ad break. If you've been inspired by the conversation in this episode, please feel free to reach out and share your creativity and ideas with us and the rest of the community. You can reach us on Facebook and Instagram or on our subreddit r slash it's a mimic. Also, if you're feeling particularly generous, please follow and subscribe and leave us positive reviews, likes and comments. Engagement like that help us pop up on search engines and keep the show running. Alright guys, so we can't do an episode about vehicles and mounts and stuff without letting me talk about the lightning rail in Eberron. It just wouldn't feel right, okay? So... This is the lightning rail. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking about Dave can't go an episode without getting railed. <laughs> is that an offer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is an above-ground uh, train in Eberron. They call it the lightning rail. Here we call it the sky train. Um... And it, it used to travel throughout all of the five nations, which have now splintered, of course, because of the, the war. I'm not going to yes, 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 run yes. history. But we, we have 14 great so, episodes about it. So yeah. there are now uh, two separate lines, one on the east side of Sire, one on the west side of Sire. They do not connect. They yeah. are all run by House Orion yeah. or Orion. It's I Orion. Orion, but yeah. uh, I think I called it Orion for the first half of the Touring the Multiverse. Orion Auto Parts. Right. <laughs> But uh, it, it travels just between many of the major cities. It doesn't specifically say it gets into like where the first ones were, but you know, the, mm-hmm. if people travel there, chances are there's there's a lightning rail that goes there as well. The power from these things come from a bound air elemental, uh, which moves along the track of conductor stones. To put this into layman's terms, these are maglev trains. Okay, it essentially uses 
these conductor stones to... Oh, they're like, what is it in layman's terms? Science fiction bullshit. <laughs> it's not science, science fiction. fiction. No, 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 no. Yeah. But, like, the average person does not understand that. Well, Maglev trains are a real thing. They exist. I know. They're I know. only in Asia. There I are know. six lines. Yeah. Uh, I looked into them afterwards because I was interested. Sure. But, uh, essentially, it uses... Um, it, it doesn't call it magnetism in Eberron, but essentially use magnetism to repulse them. Uh, and they float above the track, and then the air elemental moves it along. Magnets. Yeah. How do they work? Right. With elementals. <laughs> yes, with elementals. Uh, it should be understood that in Eberron, all of the funny craft are done by elementals, and none of the elementals are happy about it. There's binding rings, and if any of the elementals get out, that's fucking bad. For everyone. The, the, I'd be pissed this, if I was bound in This is also well. true of your of your swamp gas balloon. Yes. Yeah. I believe that. Yes. Uh, the, the air elementals are able to pull up to ten cars, okay? Any more than that. They can't really handle it. And they're named a lightning rail because of the sparks that it produces as they travel along. It's not actually powered by lightning. It just produces lightning sparks. Yeah, they, yeah it should have been an air rail. Yeah, it, it's a byproduct. It's not the, the propulsion mechanism. No, not even close. Okay. Right? It's, just, yeah. it's lightning fast and it has sparks. And sure, sure. It just, it's it, good advertising. It's like the sky train isn't in the sky train. And, the, and a bullet train isn't made of bullets. What? I'm sorry, Dave. I, I was led to believe otherwise. <laughs> Did you guys see that movie, by the way? No, I never it's got like it. It's like right on the top of my list it's, to watch it, next. It's pretty yeah. fucking fun. I've heard it's fantastic. I just have it's, not. It's very much in the realm of like lucky number seven level yeah. of fucking chicanery. So, so good. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's pretty much all there is with, with uh, lightning rails. They've got different cars um, that they go over in the books. There's crew cars, cargo cars, uh, that kind of thing. You can get on top of them. It's really cool. Uh, they've got the, uh, the flying machines in Eberron, so you can get like... The kobolds flying up beside the, the train. It's heist time, baby. Oh, yeah. Big, big, big time. You can also uh, bind elementals to carriages as well, like you were talking before, and have cars. Yeah, airships as well. Do the yeah, same thing. Uh, water elementals for submarines. We did that in one of them. Yeah. Uh, all sorts of stuff, right? So, But the, the lightning rails are, are unique in that they're... You don't get a whole lot of train shit in D&D. No, you so don't. So it's nice to see that opportunity here. Yes. And uh, it's... It, it, it's a, it, that's exactly what it is. It's just a train. It runs like a train does. It's got train stations. You want to do something cool, think of the Wild West. You can do that here. Yeah. Right. So that's all for this discussion on vehicles and mounts in 5th edition. Make sure that you subscribe or follow and check back regularly to see what inspirations and insights we will have for you in the future. Thank you for listening to another episode of It's a Mimic Podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website at www.itsamimic.com a store with some It's a Mimic merch, and a Patreon. This episode and others can also be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and most other podcast apps. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. But you are going to get railed. This has been an It's a Mimic production. Please check the show notes for this episode to see links, time codes, and credits, and don't forget to reach out and share your own inspirations. Never a dull moment with you two. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay, see you next time.